Yo, what is going on, everybody? Welcome, Matthew Burbridge. Brother, thank you so much for being here today. Pleasure, brother. Dude, we had a rough start, man. Like technology was kind of fucking, kind of fuck with us in the beginning. I was, uh, mm. I was kind of wondering if it's gonna be one of those things. Is like, uh, I don't know, man. We might have to call it on the count of rain, but uh, luckily it, it all worked out. Uh, I was trying to play some silly little intro there. Had trouble doing that. So maybe you know what we'll just do is stick to uh, just ha just having these conversations to start with. Yeah, you know it, brother. Technology, <laughs> man. We're so codependent on that shit, uh, though. You know. So sickening. I was actually uh, doing a podcast yesterday with somebody from the UK named John Evans, and uh, that's one of the questions that we talked about. He's like, "Are are is technology? Is are you in control of technology, or is your technology in control of you?" And so this is different, like a little glitch. But it's like, I mean, I'm I, I have to admit, I mean, when I'm plugged in, like it's never, it's always right there, man. Do you know? Um, there's a guy that I follow called Stephen Bell. He's um okay. on, on Instagram. He's an ex, uh, I believe, an ex rugby player. Um, but he does this thing called uh, Switch Off, and it's kind of this initiative, this movement uh, that I'm really interested in doing. I'm actually doing it this weekend coming, where you let go of all devices and technology so you just disconnect and get back to fucking nature go fucking earth walk through fields with like your feet touching the ground and shit like we both done that before right yeah. into earthing but that's his whole thing he's like you need to disconnect and if you've got a business online it doesn't mean you have to disconnect forever right. it just means maybe two days over the weekend so um i'm gonna give that shit a go this weekend bro i'm gonna let you know how it goes i love it yeah it's, like mm. it's interesting uh well First off, we can get into that, but I think it's funny is that if people from our past, uh, well, they know us now, but it's like, I think that's funny because guys like you and I who didn't like uh, grow up being like, oh, let's go fucking earth, bro. And like, <laughs> I feel like people might listen to the podcast and like, what are these dudes talking about? You know what I mean? But um, it's, it's one of the things I was just saying the other day about moving to Montana, homie, is like, I don't have service anywhere. I barely have service at the cabin. And so when I leave here, like I have no signal on my phone and it's, it's somebody like me who has always been like addictive or like compulsive. Um, I have no other choice. Like I have to unplug. Like there's just, there's no, I can't do anything different. And so uh, I, I don't know about, uh, I know you'd say the same thing for the listeners though. It's like, man, there's like, what is more powerful than fucking unplugging and just getting out in nature? Like literally putting your feet in the ground, uh, being around trees. See, I mean like, what's that like? How has that changed for you? Or how has that changed shit for you, man? 100% dude uh, look I am and I'll put my hands up I am addicted to technology yeah. now we all are and if someone's listening to this right now and they're like no I'm not stop <laughs> kidding yourself man you are we all are <laughs> sure. right every single one of us so but uh, you know what I'm what I what I'm also addicted to when I'm doing it which obviously isn't as much of the time when I'm not is being outside like being yeah. in nature and like you said and you described it well being around trees and just taking in the views and going for long hikes and man all that shit that is my way to disconnect but i just need to do it more i yeah. need to do it more like i'm yeah. aware of that you know met a couple of years ago i wasn't really aware of that i was hustling so fucking hard that it, you know online that i just like literally i did just wouldn't go out really i would just be like right work you know yeah. i'm in that fucking hustle mode so yeah. it's changed a lot for me personally over this last year because i've been doing more of it been taking yeah. more time to reflect you know and uh yeah fucking highly recommend that people well, get out take their fucking socks off get rid of your shoes burn them bitches 
And I'm about that life, dude. And it's interesting because like, I know that, uh, and it's funny. I, I'll get to this. Are you drinking a 40? <laughs> what is that? Oh. This is uh, this is Cornish orchids, gold cider. Okay, right now, on. I was like, "Fuck yeah!" You didn't tell me, bro. <laughs> well, I, I thought we done. were gonna, I thought we were gonna blaze on this today, but bro, I ran listen, out of bud. Listen, so listen, this you ran out of bud. Yeah, dude. Okay, so I I don't know if you saw, but I started this no smoke November, um, and uh, I started November first, and I was like, I got, there's a new friend I met. Actually, crazy story. There's this girl I started, we started following each other online and she's like a uh, definitely spiritual chick. Uh, she does like uh, past life regressions and hypnosis, really cool chick. Um, and I started following her on maybe a year or so ago and about, mm, about a month and a half ago, dude, she messaged me and she's like, do you live in Montana? And I was like, yeah, I do. I was like, do you live in Montana? She's like, you are shitty me. She's like, what town do you live in? I'm like Columbia Falls. And she's like, that's where I live. And then so we ended up linking up and it turns out she literally lives like less than, a, I live in the middle of nowhere. She lives like a, like a block away from me, like right over here. World is a funny place, but um, she's like, I'll talk and this and that. And she's telling me she's doing no smoke November. And I'm like, mm. I don't know, dude, I've just been feeling this like, like intuition, like maybe I need to like, give up smoking or maybe I should like, and I, you, you've seen me go back and forth with this over the last couple, I've been feeling like this, you know? But anyways, I go, okay, I have a little accountability, buddy. Let's do it. Let's let's do it, Christina. Like, I'm going to know Smoke November. She was talking about how she feels called that she needs to be, be able to remember her dreams. And I was like, yeah, maybe if I could remember my dreams, that would be like the next. Um, I made it seven days. Uh, and if anybody's listened to the podcast and you didn't know that I started smoking again, I started smoking again. But mm. um, all I have is this little bitch-ass pin, dude. I'm all out of flowers. And I can't buy them anywhere. <laughs> I can't buy them anywhere close to me. And so... Um, yeah, dude, I, I thought we were going to be smoking today too. And this, I, do these things work for you? I haven't fucking used them. Is that, is that the oil? You put the oil in it. Yeah. yeah so it's like, a, it's a little battery, you know, you can get fancy batteries or whatever. And you plug this bad boy in just like you do a phone or whatever. And you buy his little cartridges. I guess some of the kids call them carts, but get, go mm. get some carts man. Um, but it's just like oil. It's supposed to be like uh, 80 to 90% uh, THC, but dude, it doesn't get me high, man. I need to, I need to hit those flowers. Um, but it's yeah, interesting. Probably not the same. It's not the same. It's not the same. No. Especially for old school like us, dude. What, why, mm, why don't you have any you just ran out? Just ran out, bro. And you know, I like, I'll be really honest. Cause you know, I'm all about vulnerability. Um, it, uh, like a following the heat, following your heed, you know? And, uh, Bro, like I, I feel the same. Like I, I got this weird thing with smoking weed because I will never, ever, ever say that you know weed is bad. Because right. by saying that, I sound like a fucking idiot. And, <laughs> and and to me, like it's just a plant, right? It's yeah. just a fucking plant. It just so happens to grow in a certain way that when you smoke it, you get high. And, you know, it depends what you're using it for, of course. If you're, you know, dependent on it and you're trying to fill a void because you're broken and you're, you're smoking it because of that and it, like, takes your mind off of it and you're, in, you, look, you're, you're, you're doing it wrong. Um, <laughs> but, if you, but, if you, but if you use, the, like, the, the substance, it's called substance because it's just fair then, isn't it? Some people be like, it's a plant. Others will say it's a drug. Right. Let's just say it's a substance. Um, but if you, if you can learn to use it, for you know uh for example creativity if you can find a strain that helps you stay focused uh you can get so much out of that and i'm not saying yeah. you couldn't perform the same if you didn't smoke it but if you enjoy smoking it then you shouldn't just stop because you know uh be 
for like you shouldn't just stop. Like I've reached this point now where I, I have I kind of I'm aware when I'm smoking it and it's and it's not serving me versus right. when I'm smoking and it's serving me. That and what I mean by that is yeah, hundred percent. So like this past couple of months has been real rocky. So many things have been happening, and I know it has for everybody. So there's no sob story or anything, but it's just been fucking super rocky. And normally I'm the type of person that thrives in that environment anyway. I'm like, if my back is against the wall, I'm, I'm going to grow, right. right? I'm going to push forward and I'm going to grow. But this month's just, I felt really discombobulated. And I've, I've always smoked weed for years, right? But then I found myself smoking weed in the evenings for no reason other than just because I wanted to get high. So now right. there was no end goal. There was no like, I'm going to smoke this so I can get dialed into my work and create fucking sick content or write and then create this good, like none of that. It was just like reaching the end of the day. And then I tell myself a story about how hard the day was or, Habit, you know, yeah. oh my God. And then, and then I found myself hitting it. But the problem was that what it was leading to and what it was leading to was me uh, eating food that I know is not good for me. Food that I know when it goes into my body, it's not going to do me any any good. And then that was leading to me sleeping on the sofa some nights. Now, that, who what I've just described, is so far away from the person I am that it's not even fucking right. funny. Right? I'm right. not that fucking guy. So right. anyway, this happened for a couple of weeks and I found myself like not even questioning it. And then one day I fucking woke up in the morning and I was like all starry-eyed still, all fucking high still. And I was like dude what the fuck so i was in the bathroom and I, i'm looking at myself whilst i'm doing my teeth and i'm like who the fuck are you like looking back at me i'm like who is this guy and it just made me realize i had this huge epiphany that hold on a minute i'm not smoking this because i enjoy it and i'm not smoking this because i'm getting anything out of it now like there's a problem you right. know what i'm saying like because when you've recognized it and then you don't change it that there's a problem um so this like this last couple of months, like I could use all the excuses and say, ah, oh, but you know, it's been really hard, but no, nah, motherfucker, I addressed that I had a problem there. Right. And uh, that's something that I'm actively working through. Like I know that when I'm smoking cannabis now and it is serving me, I, when I'm getting things done, when I'm productive, when I'm, you know, when I'm, when I'm on point, great. When I'm smoking it, I'm sitting on the sofa like a fucking cat, like a fucking potato. Yeah. And, I'm, and I'm not do, like that. There's a problem. And that is, you know me, Marshall. Like that is so far away from the human being that I am that it's not sure. even funny. So, yeah, you know, I mean, that's a, yeah. No, I mean, that's such the self-awareness there is, is, is so huge, dude. Because that's like the same thing is, well, let me ask you this. Because what, what I found is literally the same thing. Like, and I've been knowing this. Sometimes it serves me. Sometimes it doesn't. Every time I smoke, I, I get to, I, I just make it outside of my feeding window and I'll be like, oh, fuck it. I worked hard today. I got a yeah. good workout. And I can have one ice cream, one pint of ice cream. And it's like, it's not necessarily really hurting my, my appearance of my body, but it's like, it's limiting me from becoming the best I can become. 100%. And um, it's interesting because what I just discovered recently on this little, on this little, uh, called a week, a week uh, cleanse, I guess is um, the same thing. But what I discovered is that I'm using it. And again, it's it, for my listeners. I talk about this all the time. Everything is, is everything is the same. It's all, it's all a micro macrocosm of itself. And so it's like, I discovered that the way that I use weed is indicative of all the ways that I live my life. And what I mean by that is that when Marshall feels the fear of success or like the pressure of having to do a lot, it's a way for me to hide. 
And so it became, mm. like you said, habitual because it was like to take that next step, like launching, relaunching the podcast, for example. It's like, I know I should like, schedule interviews, but I don't want to do that because I don't know if people really want to listen to it. How's it going to work? How will I market it? Let me just get high. Yeah. Oh, yeah, cool. Like, oh, like, you know what I mean? <laughs> so it's, um, it's been interesting because I didn't smoke at all. Uh, I got clarity, like this download uh, shortly after I stopped smoking it. And um, I, I was doing some meditation and I was into day seven. And th this is a true story. Sorry, Gil and gang. Like I had, I got a little crackhead, Matt. I went and got my fucking, I went and got my little grinder and I was like yeah. tapping on my grinder, trying to get any little flakes. I put it in one little bowl. I was <laughs> sprinkled some keep. I sprinkled some keep on there. I took one, one bowl rip and I sat down, bro. And like, I figured out everything that I had not had clarity on for like the last two years. And so to what you're saying and for the listeners, it's interesting because you're absolutely right. It's like, and I think that's anything in life, right? Like we can overuse it. We can underuse mm. it. It really is just about testing and getting in where you fit in. But um, the awareness to be able to say, yo, like, does this serve me? And again, it doesn't matter what it is. It could be shopping, sex, fucking drugs, 100%. alcohol, food, sh whatever. And um, yeah. I just think it's interesting. But um, I mean, what the, you, you the self-awareness thing, bro, just stay on that subject for a second because yeah. it, it's so fucking important for people, man. I mean, I, I remember floating through years of my life with having none of it. Like none, like no yeah. self-awareness whatsoever. I wake up every day, firefight the day and then just like just doing things that just fucking mindless, man. And I had no idea what I was doing with my life for so long. But what's scary is that, yeah, I had a glimpse of it again this year. But yeah, like I say, we can all say it's been a tough year. It's been this, it's been like, right. but when I say I lived most of my life like that, I mean, I lived most of my life like that, yeah. bro. Yeah. Like well, I didn't have those epiphanies in the bathroom, you know? How, how old are you now? I'm 31 in January. 31 in January. So yeah, I mean, yeah, like, what, what are you talking about? Well, years of your life? Well, if you think I, I so just kind of backtracking a bit. I, I came, I came out of college. I came out of college like 17 years old, and uh, college was where I found the 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 the, the drugs really um, for many reasons. And I guess we could yeah. kind of talk about my story a bit if you wanted. But um, yeah. kind of like got involved with drugs around then, and you know, and it got progressively worse over the over the years because I was really hurting inside and didn't know what I, you know how to cope with what was what I was feeling, um, and I was masking it with drugs and partying and drink and fucking my life and my body up and my health, and you know, I, I ended up a drug a drug addict for probably four years straight. Where and I didn't know the whole time. This is what I'm saying. It's so fucked up about self awareness. I didn't up until like the last couple of years i never used the label that i was a drug addict right in fact even if someone told me like my bub used to say you're you're a fucking drug addict look at you yeah. you're fucking on drugs every single day of your life from the minute you wake up if you go to sleep you're still or stay on you are just on that that's a drug addict and i was like no i'm not a drug addict but that's that's the lack of self-awareness like right. I was a fucking raging drug addict for many, many years. Right. And then I did. And then I really didn't step away from drugs until I was probably around 24 to 25 years old. So now you kind of get the level of what so, I'm saying. I understand self-awareness. Like I right. went a long time without it. Well, let me ask you this, dude. What, like as a, cause I know there's a, you know, some people will be listening to this or maybe even going through that. So you're 17 or, you know, you're just heading off to college. Um, it's funny that you call it college. I, I usually people from across the pond are like university. It was interesting. You said college. Um, but, um, right, fucking college. go university, man. <laughs> <laughs> uh, fucking, uh, but uh, like, what, what was it? I mean, what, what, looking back now to have the self-awareness, 
you know, you said, oh, I was hurting. So like, what were you going through as a, as a person or as a man that, that caused you to, to mask that or to kind of hide or to run mm. into drugs? Um, well, I guess to tell you that, I'd have to go back a little bit. So I can't go all the way back to, when, to, to kind of when I was born, because the truth is, man, anything that happened before I was like 10 years old, I, I've actually looked into it now. And um, I, I believe it's called memory suppression. Uh, mm -hmm. where, where you, and you can do this consciously or subconsciously, you can kind of suppress memories. Um, and again, consciously or subconsciously. And I think this was for the most part, you know, unconsciously for a long time. Uh, and I suppressed a lot of memories from my childhood growing up and around 10 years old. Um, so we, we lived in a very fucking grotty, grimy area anyway, council estate, you know, it wasn't very nice, uh, some gangs and, uh, violence most nights really if you looked out the window you'd have entertainment for like a good couple of hours right wow. um and uh, and then my, my one of my brothers um he was very dependent on drugs as well uh and, and also later found out that he was schizophrenic but yeah. we'll get on to that um so he went out one evening and uh he murdered somebody and uh, you know in the it, yeah so, you know, in, I remember actually, I remember the, the, the day we found out. So in the morning, my other brother came to the door and, and uh, he's like banging on the door. My mum lets him in and he, he's, he's crying. And this is my big brother. I've never seen that motherfucker cry. Like up until that point in my life, I've not seen him cry. Like he's the alpha, right? Never seen him cry. Never seen him break down. Never seen him, you know, like that at all. So anyway, my mum's panicking and she tells me to go off into the other room. And he proceeds to tell her that um, my other brother came home that evening with a weight bar um, that had blood all over it, um, oh and uh, and and he and he was trying to get him to help him wash it off. And uh, and he said, "Look, he said, look, I you know I didn't help, but I was fucking so scared, I didn't know what to do, so I just went to sleep, uh, and and I'll come here first thing. Anyway, my mum, upon hearing this news." comes to get me my sister and she explains what has happened and at that point to be honest man she, like it was just like a really bad fucking dream um you know my mum didn't really know what was going on my sister didn't know what was going on i fucking sure as shit didn't know what was going on i'm just like looking for someone to just lead me down right. to like tell me what happens next From how old are and, you um, i think i was 10 about okay. 10 years old yeah okay. and um so what happens was uh, you know my brother once he left um, we, we, we had to make the decision to go to the police station basically, because, you know, whether it's your family or not, when you find that out, like we had a duty to, to uphold and that duty was to go and hand him in. So my mom rushed us off to the police station and, uh, we go in as a family and we tell them, we tell them that we've, we know who it was, uh, that, that had, uh, murdered some, this, this gentleman, this, this guy. And um, literally within 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 about forty eight hours, bro, uh, like our name, our last name was published in the in the in the local newspaper. Now, everything from that point upside down. And when I'm saying when I'm saying that, bro, I'm talking. We had attacks on the house almost every single day for about two and a half to three weeks, oh whilst the whilst 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 the council were trying to move us out because. You don't, they don't just get you a new place. You don't just get a new house. You don't just move out. You know, we've got a whole fucking family. I was in school at the time, you know, like it just, you can't just get lifted up and gone. So I remember this, this, this night where 
we had had pa- panic buttons put in the in the house one upstairs in my mum's bedroom and a panic button downstairs in the kitchen and that basically meant that if the, we hit the panic button the police would be there within three minutes and wow. i remember this evening um it's just like fucking aggressive shouting and the, and the and the and it's getting louder and louder and the door is banging and it's being kicked and it's it's becoming weak and it's almost caving in and, and i'm upstairs and i'm holding on to my mum's arm I'm so fucking scared. I do not know what's going on. She hits the panic button and then we just wait. And whilst we're waiting, all we can hear is the door caving through. And I remember just laying on the bedroom floor, just shaking, just not knowing why this was happening. Like you've like, I can't explain what that feels like because it is fucking impossible. But when you yeah. think that someone is going to come into the house, they're going to break in and they're going to murder you and your family because, hey, it's an eye for an eye around here. That's what happens. Um, they could Remember, Marshall, they couldn't get to my brother. At this point, he'd already been taken into custody. So they right. can't get to him. So it doesn't so why, matter who they get next. So it's just it's, the eye for an eye mentality. That's why 100%. that's happening. That's Bro, we were we we were relatively well known family anyway. Our family name was pretty well known, and you had to be in that area. It was either that you know you were either uh, someone or you wasn't. Um, you 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 know you you either you either stood up for yourself or you didn't. Um, you either you either you either you either you know you either become what it yeah. what it is that that environment makes you become or you don't and then you you end up in a, a whole another heap of trouble anyway so i'm not saying that we were the most you know we, we weren't the clean and proper family at all we were just products of our environment you know um but go, going back to this so uh you know after basically after weeks of this going on um we couldn't we could literally couldn't leave the house without being uh you know yelled at told that uh, that we were murderers um i actually adopted the nickname um <laughs> Uh, the boy whose brother murdered someone Jesus. and i'm gonna get on to, yeah and this was by my friends at the time people that were i'd just grown up with in school for years right in wow. infant school That's yeah friends kid. What are we talking uh-huh. About? Jesus. uh-huh so i i become the, you know i become the boy whose brother murdered someone I, I basically lent into that identity because that's that's what i thought i was and and well, the, let me pause real quick there before we get into the side of the story. Just tell me briefly, like, what what were you feeling like as a ten year old boy before you before you got the nickname and and after the incident? Like in that brief little window, I mean, what were you feeling about yourself? You probably were watching your brothers and sisters struggle. I can't even imagine what your mom must have been going through. I mean, like, mm. what the fuck? I mean, so like, what what about that little window at first? Was there like a snap? Was there a turning point before you finally got to like? Hey, that's the boy's brother who killed. Like, what were you feeling as a little as a little boy then, bro? Honestly, after finding out about it, um, and this is after years of reflection. Like, I've sat with this story for wow. years and tried to figure it out. Um, but I didn't feel worthy, man. And and I know that the the reason why I went into drugs and drink and and began fucking my life up so bad and was trying to fill a hole is because I, I felt inadequacy. I felt like, why do I get good life if my brother took someone else's? Wow. Like why should I? Why, why should I? Why should I have the right to live a full, abundant life if someone else took? If my brother took someone else's life, and, and, you, and the, the, the product of being called names and just kind of the conditioning over time, billion percent, bro. 
Uh, this is what I'm saying. After about three weeks of this happening, we were moved. We had to get out. The council had to move us. So we were moved. We were relocated. It took almost a year to be relocated. I was out of school for a whole year. And in that time, we pretty much lived off of potatoes um, to keep our milk cold in most of the uh, hostels and, and places that we would stay. As we were darted around so much, we didn't have permanent digs for a good year. Um, to keep the milk cold, we would have to fill the sink full of cold water. And then you basically just put the carton of milk in there. And in the morning, you still got milk for tea. Um, and, and, um, so, and we had to have our name changed because I couldn't go back into another school um even though we'd moved location and it was quite some miles away we couldn't move i couldn't go back into another school with the same last name because it, right. in, if some if somebody found out and there is a chance someone will find out um then it could have all happened again you know we so we all had our last name changed burbridge bryant actually i've got a funny story about that so i used to be crazy good at basketball i used to actually play for a team I can't say where I can't say where because where it was was where the event happened and obviously yeah. there's certain parts of the story I just can't disclose because it just would be unsafe but um yeah the the Bryant part of the name was actually from Kobe Bryant and I've got oh. a whole episode on my podcast uh, I can't remember what episode number it is but it was a tribute to Gianni and Kobe Bryant uh, after he after he oh, and yeah. her um, passed earlier this year and uh, in there I'd spoke about the last part of my name Bryant coming from Kobe Bryant and the Burbridge basically was a, a friend of my sister's who, who had cancer. He passed and his last name was Burbridge. So she, you know, she wanted to use that. And I kind of don't know why the fuck my mum let me choose Bryant, but she just did. So um, that's, that's how the name Burbridge Bryant ended up happening. It's such a crazy, you couldn't make this shit up. It's just so that's, fucking crazy. That's a crazy story, man. I didn't know all yeah. this time about that, I knew that story about you. Mm. So, so now, now you go back into the neighborhood. Your 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 mm -hmm. your last name has changed. You're not living there anymore. You're just starting to plant the seed of guilt and shame, like you don't deserve good things. So, who do you become between that time and before going to college? I mean, obviously, there had to be a little bit of hardening up there. I mean, what mm. callous? You just get into total self destruction. So, yeah. what, what 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 happened in those years? I mean, how did you become the guy that was going to go out to school to be, and to be destructive? Yeah, hundred percent. So, if I go back to uh, to getting into a new school, because it was really from there that the rest of the story kind of takes off. So, after about a year of traveling around and just basically trying to get uh, uh, full, you know, permanent accommodation, we ended up getting a council house. And um, so they moved me, my mum, my sister in, and we're in a new area. And um, and then I have to find a new school. So we find this new school. Um, I can say where this is, by the way, this is Warblington yeah. School. We find this school. And uh, and so I have to go back to school now. Now, you put yourself in this boy's shoes, 10, coming up to 11 years old. What's that, year seven, year eight? Year eight, I think, year eight. Right. And, um, and, I've, and, and with all of this fucking horrible stuff that's happened in the past year, right, all of it weighted on my shoulders. Couldn't speak about it to anyone. I had a counselor, yeah, no. but that if you've ever had counseling, you know how that works. It's not really no, great at all. No. Yeah, especially a kid. Like, it, just, I don't know. It's just like she was more of a, just someone just to, to stand and talk to. Like, there was no real counseling that really took place. I don't think I was ready for that. Fucking <laughs> that age, you know? So um, I had to go back to school. And anyway, the first day I started this new school, I go into the school. I've got buck teeth because I used to have braces and shit too, right? So I used to have braces and curly hair. And I was so skinny that my collarbone, my clavicle used to poke out. I was so skinny yeah. that literally like my wrists were the same size as my elbows. It was horrible. Wow. 
And yeah, and uh, I was just a target basically to be bullied. Yeah. And not only that, I also had all of these really bad social skills because not because I was bad at socializing, but because I thought if someone fucking finds out who I am, like I, I literally can't talk to people because if I say something and they put two and two together, we're fucked. So now I have this huge secret that I'm holding on to. I'm fucking like 11 years old in this new school, in this whole new environment. And the very first day, some kid comes up to me and he's like, hey, you call my mama slack. I'm like, bro, I don't know you. I, don't, I didn't say anything. Whack. And now I'm getting punched in the face. This is my first oh my day God. at school. <laughs> yeah. So I'm like, what is going on? And I remember like eventually making it to the teachers. They put us to the office and all this stuff happens. And, and that was my fucking introduction to this new school. Uh, I later find out that this person doesn't know anything about me. It's just like a random attack because I obviously look like I'm ready to get bullied. And the next few years in that school were, were really difficult because I, I got a taxi to and from school every day, paid for by this, uh, I would say state, because most of your right. lessons is American, uh, but paid for by the, 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 the government. Um, and that was basically due to my, my safety. So my mum had applied a bunch of letters and then they came back and said, yeah, don't worry. He won't use tr public transport. We'll get him a taxi every day. So now I've got to make up a story as to why the fuck I'm getting a taxi to school and back every day, right? <laughs> which makes it even harder. Um, so basically I had all this big lie and then I had to create all these other little lies around it because I couldn't yeah, tell the truth. Back. I couldn't. Yeah. What did you tell people? Why did you tell people you were taking a taxi to fucking school? Dude, I, I fucking actually said that my mum was dating the guy that runs the taxi firm. <laughs> Bro, that's so smart, though. I mean, that's like, that's good. I mean, I feel like that's a good one. It was <laughs> ridiculous, though. Or did people buy it? Huh? Did people just buy that? Yeah, for the most part, man. I mean, like, dude, you, like, I think they just thought, what a prick, because he was getting special treatment, you know? Right. Um, right. But yeah, it was just, so it wasn't easy. Those few years in school were really not easy. But I did make a, I did make a friend in school, and he turns, he's still my best friend to this day. He's the godfather of my daughter. Um, God bless him. Joe Disinquire is my boy. And wow. um, yeah, and I'm the godfather to his boy, Leo, as well. And um. You know, so that was the one person from school that I connected with. And, and it was actually the first person I, I ever told. Um, wow. Yeah. What, what club yeah. did you open up? I mean, how long, how long did you know him before you opened up? To him? I think I think that must have been around year 10 that, I, that I'd said it to him. And um, it, dude, you have no idea how scary that was, man. And I'm getting all yeah. these shivers go through my spine now because I remember actually speaking to him and, and I was like, I have something to tell you. And I didn't, there's no cool way of saying it. There's no good way of saying it, is there? Oh, right. by the way, when I was younger, my brother fucking killed someone. And because of that, I basically had my whole life turned upside down, name changed, location changed. Now I'm here. So there was no real great way of saying it. But I remember the acceptance was mad because I remember set, I built it all up in my mind that it was going to be really hard. And what if, what if he just turns on me? What if he hates me? Yeah. That's what yeah. everyone else did. All the people that I went to school with in infant school that I thought were my boys, they yeah. all turned to me. Yeah. They were calling me the boy whose brother murdered someone. Yeah. So I was like, what is he going to say? Like, how is this going to go down? And I remember telling him and he was like, yeah, so what? It's cool, bro. Let's go. Let's go do this. And that was it. It was like, it was like, it was like, like you knew, like you felt protected or at least, at least like there's, there's a chance that you, Matthew, has hope to be liked or accepted. Yeah. That was That's really the glim a glimpse of it. Yeah. Did Joe end up going to college with you? 
He did, yeah. So uh, one, two, skip a few. We come out of school, and the first year of uh, <laughs> the first year of coming out of school, I, I go into art and design. Um, I don't know if you've seen my shit, but I'm I'm uh, not big headed. I'm just really fucking quite creative and great with the pen. And um, <laughs> yeah, and uh, I remember going into in, into college to do art. Now here's the fucked up thing. This is why I believe the school system failed me and fails billions of children around the world every every year. I was really creative and I definitely wanted to express myself through art and, and any of my teachers in that school could see that. And I ended up actually getting an A when I came out. It was the highest grade that I had across my GCSEs. All the rest of them were pretty bad. But art and design, I had an A. I would have got an A star if I'd done the academic side of it, but I just wasn't interested. If it wasn't pen to paper or it wasn't like right. paint to paper, I just didn't care, right? So um, I remember when I applied to college and check this because my maths english and science was so bad i was put in the lowest group for art and designing in college so i find myself within the first like two weeks of college um again big secret over me still at this point i still hadn't shared my story it was only april 2018 that i came out and shared it all publicly um wow. so i'm in college i'm in college for like two weeks and i'm looking around this fucking classroom one day and i'm like what am I doing here? Like, I can't even express myself. We're making fucking paper mache butterflies right now. So I remember taking a piss and this is a true story, right? I remember going for a piss and I go to the toilets and there's this piece of MDF. The caretaker was kind of like doing some shit with like, the toilets. And I see this, I see this piece of MDF and I'm like, yo, no one's going to know if I tag that, right? So I get the spray can out my bag and I go over and I start tagging up this piece of wood. I put the spray can back in my bag, go back to class and ball him, right? A couple of days later, I'm pulled into the office and they're like, oh, well, yeah, you wanted to have a chat with you, blah, blah, blah. Like, do, do, you, do you do tagging? Do you do, do you do graffiti? And I was like, sometimes, I mean, yeah, just not a lot though. I mean, there's some in my sketchbook and they say, we know. And they slid the sketchbook over and it had my tag on the sketchbook multiple times. And it was the same one that tallied up with the one on the fucking piece of wood, right? So they called it criminal damage and they kicked me out of college. Oh my God. Fuck them. Bro, I'm not even joking. They called it criminal damage, kicked me out of college. So you've got this, this lad who really, this boy who really wants to express himself. He's got creativity. He, he's passionate about, pen. yeah. And they yeah. kicked me out. So then I find um, smoking, uh, it was rock at the time, you know, solid resin. Um, it, you, you didn't get weed unless you were high class, right? <laughs> Upper class people got that. But I got this. I started smoking resin, and uh, and and I basically spent a whole year out of college, um, just basically just getting high every day. Uh, and I was so misled, misled at that point. Like, if I feel if I'd had someone maybe that was able, one I looked up to, and two were that were able to show me the way. I could have got off of drugs there and then because I wasn't deep into it, right? right? But I didn't have that. I had I had a reflection of people around me that, sorry, a group of people around me that reflected who I am as a character, which right. were more lost teenagers that were smoking weed and getting high. Yeah. yeah? Which makes sense to us now because we know that our reality is a direct reflection of how we thought our inner thoughts and feelings, but you don't know that shit at the time. You don't know that at the time, right? right. You just kind of, yeah. And so... Ahead, yeah. Sorry. So I remember going first year of college, got kicked out, 
And then my mum says to me, like, you've got to get back into college. You've got to go do something. So I go back and I do a BTEC in uh, mechanics. I fucking didn't like it, but it was just something to do. It kept her quiet. And it also got me some EMA money, which is like education maintenance allowance. And that was £30 a week. And get this, I spent 25 of that on a, on a hemorrhea bud every single week. <laughs> hey, well, I spent my student loans on drugs, so I, I can't say anything <laughs> right you couldn't make this stuff up look at us both now we're sitting here we've, we've done the business thing we're, we're still doing our thing and it's just worlds away from what we could have been but um so in the second year i ended up doing the college thing but i was still doing drugs at this point and i was kind of getting away from doing cannabis and i was now sort of sniffing some stuff too yeah. and yeah. that became um i met this guy in college and i ended up getting introduced to some of his friends now here's where the story changes now I didn't realize that what I was doing when I started to sell drugs, right? On the face of it, I was selling drugs to make money. Right. Inside, I was trying to become someone. I was trying to be popular. I was trying to be the person that people looked at now. Because right. I never had that. I just spent right. years self-isolated in my own little bubble, not wanting to speak to people, not wanting to tell the truth about who I am, not wanting to share my story, not wanting to, to speak it out loud because I felt dirty and ashamed and fucking just this, this, why are you fucking worth anything? Yeah. And now I had people, I was selling drugs and people were now like, ah, oh, he, you know, Matt's the dude, like Matt's cool. And then I started to build up this network of people, but again, marshaled the wrong type of people. And it wasn't, it was because I was the wrong type of person. Right. Again, I was yeah. just, the people around me were a group of people that reflected who I, who I was. And that yeah. was a drug dealing, low life piece of shit. Right. Right. But, but to me, it meant identity. I mean, to find that, cause it was like you said for the first time and yours is dealing drugs or whatever it is, but that's what some listeners should get is that, you know, why is it, why is it that you're doing what you're doing? Because humans are always looking for either love or acceptance and one of the two things. So now you're here, you are, you're dealing drugs. You're starting to feel like kind of man. I, I had some experience so I, I can relate, but just like, you're starting yeah. to feel like the man in the next evolution of that. Like when does that crack? Yeah. So, um, I actually end up, um, staying on drugs now pretty much uh all the way through to when i was around uh 24 25 like i said but what's interesting about what happened i mean a, a whole lot of stuff happened between that and i'm writing my book and and hopefully one day it will go out and people will be able to get the full you know all the shit that was involved because there's been so many different paths that i've taken but i essentially spent a long time trying to fill the void inside because I was, uh, I, I was still felt like the boy whose brother murdered someone. I just still felt like nothing. I still felt like yeah. I couldn't have a good life. Like, why would I, why should I, why am I allowed? Why? And I didn't realize, but that was the story that was keeping me where I was at the whole time. Uh, and although I didn't speak this out, you know, it was inside and that was enough. And, uh, when I was around, so it would have been around 20, about 23 to 20, about 23, 24, um, at this point, I've made a lot of money selling drugs. I, 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 I a lot, and I don't condone it. Trust me, I right. like I don't condone doing that shit. But at the time, that's what I knew. It's what I did. It's right. that's just it. I just understood oh, that. That was the life that I understood. Yeah, and I had several jobs. You know, I had tons of jobs over the years. Over those years, between kind of eighteen through to twenty-four, I had so many jobs I couldn't count them, even if I used my fingers and toes, bro. And the longest job I stayed in all the way up until I was about 28 was actually about six and a half months. All the rest of them were in out because I just couldn't find something that just, you yeah. know, 
Um, so I remember fucking, I was around 23, 24, and I remember this very, very clearly. I call this the one page theory. And it's all about it's all about how to check how sometimes you just need to turn one more page or one more chapter or what or just do that one more thing to change your life. And here's here's what it is. So I'm sitting there with my mum one evening, and she obviously knows everything. By the way, I've never kept secrets from my mum when it comes to like my drug use and things like that. I've always I was always transparent with my mum, always. Um, just something that I just felt that I needed to be. Um, yeah. Just always real with her about that. And so she knew what I was into. She didn't condone it. She didn't like it. She wanted me to be as far away from that stuff as possible. And I understand now on reflection uh, of why she was like so anti it, but yet still let me do it was because one of her sons that, that did the same thing ended up in prison for murder. So it makes sense that she was, you know, not happy about me doing it because right, she right. knew that the, the drugs would eventually lead to something like prison or death. Right. And that's, and so I'm sitting there with my mum one day and she's trying to get me to get a job. Now she's talking to me about getting this fucking nine to five, doing some shelf stacking, doing some of this at Tesco's or wherever the supermarkets were or whatever. And I'm standing there. I'm like, I'm making a thousand pound a week selling drugs. There's nothing she can say. And plus I've got all this street cred now. There's nothing she can say that's going to pull me away from doing that. Like, I'm right. sorry, but there's just not. Right. But I'm listening to her and she and she's telling me and she's like, listen, and it get, it's getting raw. And she's saying, listen, I don't want another fucking son in prison and I don't want you to die. OK, you need to sort this out. This has gone on too long. Look at what you're doing to yourself and look at what you're doing to other people. You have to change this. So I listen to her and, I've, and I lend my ear and we're there and we're flicking through this newspaper in the back. There's some jobs. And she she's flicked through the first one. And she, I remember she said, what about this one here? It was like for a forklift driver or something. You could get your license and then you can forklift. And I'm like, nah, fuck that. I don't, I'm not interested. She flicked the page again. She screens out about four or five jobs. And every single one of them jobs, I say, no, I'm not interested. Not going to do it, mum. Not happening. And just at the point where she's getting so angry with me because I won't wake up and, and see what's in front of me, which is a life if I continue, that's going to leave me in prison or death. She's so frustrated with me that I can't see that at this point. And she and my mum's the sort of person like she's just she'll just grab you by your ear and just tell you to fucking right. get out. Like once once you once you go over that line, is it you yeah, done? Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I remember she's like getting really frustrated. And just at the point where I'm about to walk out the door because I'm done with that conversation too, and she's almost done with and she's about to kick me out, she right. turns the page one more time. And on, when she turns that page one more time, she says, what about this? Look at that. You can become an ABA boxing coach qualified under this guy here, Quentin Schillingford. Okay. Right. She says, this course is funded by the government. You do get paid. It's not a lot. It says there about 600 pound per month. I think you should do it. Now I'm sitting there and I'm like, oh, you know what? Boxing coach could get my license. I, I like a bit of a rock anyway. So yeah fuck it why not now bro i can't tell you what happened when i went for that interview i don't know what that man saw in me quentin Schillingford, wow. you can look him up he's an, he's mbe he's been knighted by the queen for the work he's done for the youth he's an amazing human being and uh ex-navy box quentin Schillingford, mbe yeah you can check him out he's next level dude 
And uh, I remember going to the interview, but I don't remember what I said. And I think the reason why is I, I was just a shell of a boy back then. You know, there yeah. was probably no look further than, and it, you know, than, than what I could see in front of me. I must have just been like, I can't remember what I said to him. I can't remember how the conversation went, but he gave me a shot and he said, I'll, yeah. you know, we, we, we'll do this. Wow. And uh, I remember going, yeah, I remember doing my C CRB check. And for the first time in forever, I actually felt excited to pursue what it was that I was doing. Right. I was still doing a bit of stuff on the side, but as the weeks went on and I became qualified and I went through my and I was doing all this training now, I was training probably twice a day, doing some boxing, I was sparring, I was doing my exercise and bro, that put me on the track of health and fitness. Right. It also, because of the type of course that it was, so basically once you become qualified as an ABA instructor, what you're able to then do is you're able to then uh, use your qualification uh, to do, it's called the AQA awards. And over here, that means that it's the equivalent of a GCSE grade. And what Q's business is, is going into schools and, and giving children the uh, the opportunity to get a GCSE equivalent grade, right. but through the nature of boxing. Right. So there and was fifty percent of the government. You got it. Yeah. Uh, so it was fifty percent gym related in the gym doing the PE side, and then it was fifty percent academic, where you'd have to talk about healthy discussion, and you do this right. through um, talking about your health, talking about um, uh, nutrition, all these types of things. Really fucking an amazing course. So wow. what this actually. Yeah. So what this gave me an insight into doing was this, bro. And this is what this is why I say that I, I didn't find fitness. Fitness found me. Right. I, I was able to work with kids and see kids that were in the same position as me coming from back backgrounds that were broken. Um, you know, parents that raised them the way they were raised, um, dysfunctional struggling maybe on drugs and some of these kids were even at 12 years old some of them were smoking right. weed and, and, and taking drugs and doing speed uh is this again a little bit of a deprived area and i was able to see the impact that not only fitness was having on me personally because i was starting to now withdraw away from going out so much getting fucked right. up so much taking drugs so much and i was also getting a double whammy because i was able to see the impact it was making on the children and seeing these kids become high level boxers like if you re if you google right now uh michael mackinson that's just one of the boys that, that i think he's wbc champion so he mm. went on to he, he's a pro boxer now man he's boxed yeah, with yeah. fucking uh yeah he's boxed with eubank jr and all sorts he's done some amazing stuff Wild, so yeah so i was able to see for the first time in my life like the impact of health and fitness i'm really being able to to, to use my mind to see a, a version of me that I wanted to be and, right. and then do the fucking work daily in order to get it. Right. And then finally, you put in commitment and you follow a plan that for the first time in your life, you're probably like, oh, look what consistency in a fucking plan does for me. Wow. Boom. Bro, yeah. it changed my life, man. It changed my life. Well, Having that opportunity changed everything. It's something's interesting, dude, because this is what we're talking about right now. And that part of the story in particular, there's a few things that it makes me think of. One is, I kind of feel like that's a boxing coach. I feel like that's what God puts boxing trainers on the earth is because they're meant to see kids like you and fucking help them. Like that's the first thing you're like, oh, I don't know what he saw on me. But the other thing that's really interesting dude, is this is a, this, I don't care where you're at and you're in your, in somebody, I don't care where one of the listeners is at in their life right now, whether it's the story that's as dark as that or not something quite as dark, the secret quote unquote to changing your life 
you guys is literally right in that one story that Matt has just shared with us, which is, you know, I'm sure you would agree is first off finding somebody that's a mentor, somebody that can actually, that can actually help pull you out of it. But the other thing is that community is that you become mm-hmm. who you surround yourself with. And it's like, isn't that crazy that you keep showing up every day? You're surrounded by a bunch of other people who are showing up, who are led by a mentor. And lo and behold, you start to change your kind of change your life. And that's what, that's funny because it's like, I mean, I don't care if you fucking work at a garage door factory in the middle of the cornfields of fucking Iowa. It's like, there's nothing wrong with going to the bar on the weekends and and like doing the things. It's like, if you're not truly happy, if you feel off, if you feel like you're hiding, if you feel like there's something that's not in alignment, literally Matt's story just proves to you. It's like, okay, listen, if you change your scenery, find people who are already successful doing what you want to do or maybe able to lead you to a different place. Like it's so simple and then come down to health and fitness. I mean, I'm not going to get into my story, but it's like, that was the savior for me too, is health and fitness. It's, it's like that mm. to find, kind of start to go like, you kind of start to like who you become and you're like, well, if I get all fucked up and I can't work out tomorrow or I, I won't be able to show up like this tomorrow. And so now yeah. where do you go? Like, so where do you go from here? Now, now that you, you, you found this community, you're really starting to get your shit together. What's that next What's that next epiphany or what's that paradigm shift that ends up happening from this? Yeah. So a lot of stuff happened um, throughout that period. So like I still wasn't fully away from uh, drugs and I still wasn't fully, I was in terms of me taking them, but I, you know, you know, I still had friends (laughs) use that term loosely friends, friends. Yeah. All right. I still have people. (laughs) I know. Yeah. Still have people that knew me basically um, as that version of me, right? And yeah, and I started to notice that the more that I kind of did the health and fitness thing, the less of those people were around, and the less that they showed up in my life. Which actually it was good for me because I was able to pursue more of what was filling my cup. However, um, a lot of stuff did happen. Uh, So one of the one of the things that happened was I ended up. I ended up with this vision, right? So here it is. So at that point, I was like, right, this is where the entrepreneurial kind of thing kicks in. So obviously being a drug dealer, you're an entrepreneur. I don't care what anyone fucking says. Someone can argue that until they're blue in the face. Okay. But if you're a drug dealer, you learn an awful lot about business. You learn a lot about customer retention. You learn a lot about marketing. You learn a lot about fulfillment. You learn a lot about products, positioning, all sorts of shit, referrals, every like, the list is endless. You learn a lot. Um, however, because I'd stepped away from that circle now and was kind of like, yeah, I'm, kind of, I'm kind of going a little bit more legit. I had this vision to open a gym because I'd seen the impact of what was happening in that boxing gym. I was like, I'm going to take myself with my nine months of experience and I'm going to go <laughs> open a motherfucking gym. Like I had no idea how it would work or what would work. Like I had no idea, but in my mind and in my heart, I was so set. Right. And that's what you really truly need um, is to just be set in those two places and you're gone, you're on fire. Um, but not just don't take that as gospel, by the way, because you still do need like solid plan, cash flow. There's right. a lot of things that you still will need that like, you can't manifest the fuck out of something. <laughs> Hey, I got a lot of heart, bro. <laughs> but um, it was cool because, like, that's for the first time in a long time. I was like, I felt that energy in me, right, and that entrepreneurial buzz to kind of go and create my own thing. Now, here's what happened, though. So I end up, uh, I'm dating this chick, and um, and and I'm like, listen, I think we should just move away. And the reason I said that was because of all of the people I still had in my phone book 
um, and and all of the people that were surrounded by drugs still, and some of those connections. I thought the easiest way I can get away from this in, is getting away from these people in this network. If I just get, if I just move away and I delete all those numbers, guess what? I can't contact them anymore. And for me to actually get hold of a new plug in a different area, it's long winded, etc. So is this the first? Is this the first time that self awareness pops up in your life? I would say so. Yeah. Yeah. Because Real I was self. able to. Yeah. Because I was able to say like. Okay, I, I now want to go do this, but yeah. what is holding me back from doing that? And what kept holding me back from doing it, 100% was, was these people that, yeah. but I say I was emotionally connected with because, hey, yeah. these people built me up. They, they made me feel popular for the first time in my entire fucking life. They gave me purpose. And although that purpose was selling drugs, hey, look, when you have had no purpose, you know that you would rather have some than none. And um, so I, I end up saying to this chick, I'm like, and we hadn't even been dating that long, uh, probably like four, four months or whatever. And I'm like, Hey, I think we should move away. And she had a job. She was working for the Navy. It's like doing admin stuff. And, and she was like, how are we going to do that? I said, look, I'll just take the, the next paycheck I get. It's got, I'll just put it down on rent. We'll just leave. We'll just go. And she said, okay, I'm going to join you. So we did, we, we got up at the end of that month and we just moved. We moved probably 15 miles away from where I was. <laughs> And uh, so we're getting to this new this new place. And now I've got a whole new set of problems because now I don't have a job. I also don't really have any skills to be able to get any money. Because at this point, again, other than drug dealing, which is what I'm trying to get away from, I don't really know what else I can do to make money. <laughs> right. So and she doesn't have a job and we're going to have to go find jobs. So I'm like, <laughs> we've got like a month to get this money together. Then we can then we can then we can maybe move the boat out a bit. And uh, that first month was a struggle, but found a job. And I ended up working at this place called The Range. I don't know if you've got them over there, but it's fucking just like a hardware, homeware store. Okay. And um, dude, I'm telling you, bro, I like in my, even though I was standing there on a checkout every day and I was scanning people's shit through, in any second that I had, any spare second or any moment that I had, I would be shadow boxing. Even behind the, even behind the till. I just didn't care. I was moving, just trying to move. And because uh, I was still had this this vision in my mind, like I'm gonna open this gym, I'm gonna open a boxing club. I don't care what it is, and I would I would go around on the way home, and I would look for units. I knew I couldn't get them. I knew I couldn't pay for it. I knew I couldn't get a lease, but I didn't care. I was like, I'm gonna look for fucking units. Yeah, I'm gonna look right. for units because I want to get this done. Anyway, about a, a month or so passes, and 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 again, we're struggling really bad at this point financially. And uh, she ends up getting pregnant, and a long story short, she ends up having an abortion. Now. I ain't pro-abortion, but I'm also not anti-abortion. I think it's such a fucking, uh, there's so much gray space involved when people start talking about it. I hate fucking social media sometimes because yeah. like everyone's wrong and everyone's right, but everyone likes yeah. to think that they're right and no one else is right and they're right, always right. It's just fucking ridiculous. But there's, you know, whenever that subject of abortion comes up, it's like, oh, well, you should never have one. Well, listen, I believe that that was the right decision for us. And although at the yeah. time, it, you know, we did, it, it was painful and, we broke up afterwards and she ended up going to live back with her mom and her dad. She ended up self-harming and she would send me photos of the wrist being cut. And like, it was just a lot of pressure. And I was like, ah, oh, fuck, you know, like now I felt like it was me that, that had caused it because I was, I was, I was, I was mutual in that conversation in terms of having the abortion. Right. So I, I remember sitting there on the stairs one day and I'm like, well, now I fucked everything and I fucked this person's life as well. And she's, and look at who I, who am I? I'm nothing again, bang, straight back to this fucking version of me that just wanted to go get on drugs every day. 
And that's what happened. I ended up going back into drugs. I ended up getting back into the circles. I became a very, very good cannabis dealer, made a lot of fucking money. Um, and in the short space of about a year, I generated a ton of cash. But uh, I also had two cars stolen and burnt out within six weeks because the area. Yeah. And there's, I used to write lyrics as well and rap. Right. And um, uh, and I've got these bars that say like uh, two cars burnt out. Wow. Must be beef. I'm attracting. But I'm a good driver. At least I did a crash them. Spit my bars. Nobody can match them in charge of the ship. They call me the captain. Like I used to have these bars. Right. Oh, and and all and, and the lyrics. The lyrics were real because those two cars burnt out. Wow. Must be beef. I'm attracting. It was, it was that we were selling so much cannabis. Uh, we used to, we used to buy in four or five kilos. And if you buy in that amount of weight, you've got to store that in the freezer because otherwise the shit dries out and then you lose a bunch of weight, you lose a bunch of money. So in our freezer, we used to have like a four deck, like full on freezer. And in each one of those, we had like a kilo of fucking cannabis in them. And uh, wow. all of that stuff, but yeah, all of that stuff basically went absolutely sideways as well. And at this point, you know, I'm like 25. What I really need to change my life. Like home invasion? So, nah, so basically um, the first car, what it was, was the first car, it, uh, it was a little uh, Fiesta. I used to have this real old school box Fiesta, right? And I put so much money into that. But I didn't insure any of the parts because why would I? What's the point, right? <laughs> it's like it was just I'll spend the money that I'm getting on it, and I put wheels on it. I put uh, over over uh, nearly two thousand pounds worth of audio in it. Like I had the loudest subs in there that could possibly be, and uh, and and we had this party one night. And in the morning, I wake up and I go out to get in my car because I've got to go shot. I've got to go get rid of some bits, and I and I get outside and I walk down the path and I'm like, "Where's my car?" <laughs> like. <laughs> My car's not there, but instead of thinking somebody stole it, because I wouldn't, honestly, knowing who we were at that point as well, it, very unlikely that someone was going to come and do that. But it, so that in the first instance, I was like, nah, no one's going to have stolen it. Like one of my friends have got to have moved it. So there I am on the phone in the morning, right? And I'm calling up all of my friends that were at the party. And I'm like, yo, I know it's a sick fucking joke, but I wouldn't put it past you. Did you, did you move my car? And like, did, did you move it? And they're like, nah, bro, I ain't moved your car. I ain't moved it. And after about six or seven phone calls, I remember reaching this epiphany where I was like, my car's been fucking stolen. <laughs> uh yeah but the funny thing about that as well this man honestly you can't make this stuff up bro so i called the police right get this a a drug dealer calling <laughs> calling the police about the stolen car right that he has that wasn't insured either none of the parts were insured on the car only the car and i remember phoning the police and i said yeah my car's been stolen blah 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 I gave all the details over and they're like okay cool we'll call you if anything happens if we get any updates Anyway, a month passes and I am no vehicle. But in order for me to get a new vehicle, I now need to mace, i.e. Uh, uh, another way of saying mace that people might understand, uh, borrow, tick, tick, um, a, a nine bar of weed off of my dealer, who was the same guy I was living with, right? And, and he was like, yeah, dude, don't worry, pay me when you got it, right? Get your car sorted because we need to get back on the road. Yeah. to go yeah, because it was helping him too anyway, right? Because we, we we lived together and dealt together anyway. So he's like, yo, just get get a car on the road, do it as quick as you can. So I'm out now out for the first four weeks. I'm out on a fucking BMX with a rucksack on and I'm delivering any bits I can to get the money back in. And I remember getting some, enough cash up together to go buy another car. So now I get this other car, right? I pay 600 pound, I think it was for this car. 
it's like a little Corsa B, it's like a little car. And uh, I have that one for no no longer than about two and a half to three weeks. And that fucking gets stolen and burnt out too. Now, bro, at this point, I am now like something is trying to like, because you know, there's that thing about uh, the universe will whisper first and then it might give you a little nudge and then it will tap you on the shoulder and then it will punch you as hard as it can in the face. It's yeah. just like a sign. That was the punch in the face for me. That was like, dude, something came right. Like you got to fucking change some stuff around, right? right? So actually, I'll tell you what was the punch in the face was this. So after that car gets stolen and I report that to the police, I then get a phone call a couple of days later and they say, oh, hey, is this Mr. Burbridge? And I'm like, yeah. They're like, hey, we found your car, by the way, the Fiesta that you reported stolen last month. And I'm like, oh, great. I was like, I put a lot of money worth of parts into that. Like, are my wheels still there? Can I still come and get my wheels? Like, I can always buff them back up and maybe you know, resell them on or whatever. My exhaust, like I'm trying to, and, and this is what they say. They're like, oh, oh, no, it's, it's been crushed. The car's already been crushed. It's been into the impound. I'm like, oh, okay. So Why? when did you? Yeah, I'm like, when did you find it? Get this. They go, oh, we found it. Uh, and they check the date. The day after I made the phone call, they just didn't call me. So what that the was fuck? the kick. <laughs> Bro, I can't, I'm not fucking making this up. So that, that was the kick in the teeth was really oh not just God. losing both cars. But yeah, after finding out that they actually did find it the day after, but because they didn't contact me and I didn't contact them, it apparently just got lost in the abyss and they sent it through to the crusher. So I lost all that. I lost all the money That's I spent on the car. Unbelievable. The whole story Everything. from the mm -hmm. fucking get go. <laughs> Everything gone. Now, uh, what makes this even more fucked is that the Fiesta, the day before it was stolen and burnt out, the first car this is, yeah, I had yeah. also put it for an MOT. That MOT cost me £900. So now you start to clock up all of the money that was that I spent on that car, two and up to about two thousand on the sound system, a thousand pound on the wheels and the tires. I had fucking, uh, 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 I had it fully debadged. All I had popping solenoids in the doors. Like I had done a lot of work on it myself, and that got stolen, burnt out, and then the second one. So, I, th I think ultimately what I'm trying to get to is this that that message that I shared is that, you know, sometimes as all this stuff is happening, and yeah. most of the time we're not even aware of it. And yeah. we're like, we're just carrying on, you know, we're just getting up, we're going through the motions every day, we're doing, but there's these fucking signs. And this is why self-awareness is so important, or at least to take some time to reflect on maybe just your week or, you know, just, just if right now you're, you're listening to this right now and you're like, whoa, crazy story, bro. Like that's mad. And then you're realizing, well, hold on. Last time I did some self-reflection was a long time ago. I beg you turn this fucking podcast off right now and get a pen and paper out and start reflecting. Start self-reflection now. Because yeah. honestly, don't wait for the punch in the face. Don't wait for your teeth to be kicked out in order for you to change your fucking mind and change your actions because you ain't going to work. That story is fucking mental. You're absolutely 1,000% right in what you're talking about. I'm taking action on it right now. Um, but as it pertains to self-awareness, it's interesting because like shifting gears, I mean, that was an incredible share, but shifting gears, it kind of back to, as it ties into right now in 2020 in November, I mean, I know you're over in the UK and over here in the US, I literally just made a video yesterday. I, I, I didn't put it up yet, but I was just, I, the, the, the lack of self-awareness of people in general, and I, we can get into this because I'm kind of curious what it's like over there right now too. But that's the one thing mm. I was saying last night is I'm like, the the and maybe this maybe what i'm about to say won't age well maybe it will i don't know 
but we're having a little bit of election trouble over here in America. Uh, we're shooting mm. this uh, recording November 9th right now. And as of right now, the media in America has crowned Joe Biden the president-elect, uh, which just for those guys who are listening and maybe you guys are listening to this years later, who knows, uh, which just means that uh, it potentially looks like Joe Biden will win the presidency when they count all the ballots. However, if you guys are here right now for this shit show, you know that there's is or isn't possibly some uh, election fraud going on. It appears to be an overwhelming amount of election fraud going on in America. But as it pertains to the self-awareness, again, it's like I'm, last time I'm watching, and I'm, I've been watching what these, and again, I, I, don't, I, I really don't like labels, but right now, like in this dynamic, in this environment, there are labels. And, and right or wrong, those labels are stereotyping people for the way that they're acting. And so it's like here in America, it's, and I want to get your take on this, you know, I'm watching these liberals, these, these, these far left people, and they've been screaming and shouting hate, hate, hate for four years, how much they hate Donald Trump, how much anybody that supports him hates America and racist, how they hate America. I mean, just all this hate. And then all of a sudden, Joe Biden was a presidential elect, presidential elect and they're all like, oh, it's all about unity. It's all about coming together, like all this crazy shit. Or it's like, I watched for four years how people said, oh, Russia interfered with the election. And now all of a sudden we're here in America and people are like, oh, dude, there, that, there could never be any election fraud. And I'm like, the sheer ignorance and lack of self-awareness <laughs> on, on most of the people. And this is like an American story. But like, do you have any of that going on in the UK? I know the election is not the same thing, but like the, the utter lack of self-awareness. I look at some of these people, I'm like, how in the fuck can you not see how ass backwards you are it's wild dude it's everywhere bro it, it's like i would love to say that it's it's our you know i'd love honestly i would love to say ah oh, that's just an american thing bro you guys have you guys have got it fucked over there but nah look it, it is everywhere now that, that i don't really want to well we can get into the pandemic if you would pandemic if you want but I mean, bro, it does affect it. So here's the thing. For, for many, many years of my life, I never thought that any of it mattered. So I didn't, I thought that it's all the same heads of the same dragon, basically. It doesn't matter who the fuck's up there, who's chirping on the, on the, on the TV. It really doesn't make a difference. It's an illusion of freedom happening. So we, we have this illusion that our vote matters. That we are the ones that make that we are the ones that make the choice. No, we're fucking. It's an illusion. There ain't no freedom. We have privileges. We don't have freedoms, and those fucking privileges are being taken away. And if you can't see it, like Marshall's saying, then uh, look, I'm not. I, I'm not down your throat about it. I'm just saying that I've for a long time I have tried to look at all of it, as, and that's how I saw it. I used to see it as it just doesn't matter. So now I'm now I've kind of. A, looked at that and i'm like does it matter this time it does this time it really does because nothing in the history of humanity has stopped the world like this before okay. nothing and if you think that this is about health or you think this is about a virus then uh, like you really you re like seriously you need to fucking check in on yourself because you are there's something that you're not seeing and yeah. it almost feels like it almost feels a bit rude me saying it like that. And trust me, I'm not trying to be derogatory when I'm saying this stuff at all in any way, shape, or form. I'm just saying that this is what I get dealt. I tell people my Facebook, bro, you've seen it, it's blowing off whenever I write a controversial post about any of this shit. It just goes off. And in there, I'm like, I'm seeing people who, no matter what you put in front of them, no matter what dots you connect for them, they'll go, oh, you're a conspiracy theorist. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. I can't stand that anymore. I'm fucking. I can't stand it. And it's like, I same thing do. And that's kind of what the video is about last night is I, it's not to be a dick, but also kind of like, fuck it. I don't care if I am offending you because what I'm finding is that the people that are like that by and large, and again, not to separate people, but there's never in my experience been an easier way ever in the history of my 36 years to, to be clearly look at somebody and be like, and again, I'm sorry, well, I'm not really, but I'm like, either you're a loser or you're a fucking pussy. One of the two. And it's like, like, I'm not telling you have to believe what I believe, but to just so vehemently deny any existence at any, like to think that somebody that your government or your politician or the media or that to think that, oh, they would never do that to us. They would never, they would never do like, it's so fucking crazy. I know that you and I have been pretty much on the same page since, since the beginning. And then back mm. in March, March 19th, uh, they shut America down on March 13th, which was Friday the 13th here. Uh, March 11th, all the sports in America closed down. And I knew right then on March 11th on that Wednesday, I was like, if, if the NCAA is closing down March Madness, which is a billion dollars they make in like one month, there's something serious going on. They closed the world down March 13th. On March 19th, I had already done enough research in that week. I was like, COVID's not real. I don't believe this. Yeah. And I, my entire network, my entire following, like that was gone. Like if it wasn't mm -hmm. bad enough, the breakup and everything that I did uh, in my life before that to get rid of all the people, that last part, everybody's like, Marshall's officially gone off rocker. And I, again, <laughs> like, I don't know what you guys believe or you don't, but isn't it, I think you'll agree. It's like now to watch what just happened with the election and the, overwhelming evidence there seemed to be a voter fraud we'll see how it ages but i'm like it all makes sense now i'm like if 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 what they say about politicians like joe biden and, and the democratic you know deep state if that's a real thing being in bed with china what better way is there to rig an election ever than to make mm. the whole world like because if, if i mean you guys saw how i mean uk australia i mean the whole world shut down three billion people driven into their homes in a matter of hours and all of a sudden the one yeah. people that seems like America and it's like, well, how do you take, how do you take the most popular candidate ever and make it seem like he loses? It's like, I don't know, man, but so what do you think? I mean, like, let's get into it. We can take off in the spaceship. I mean, what are you feeling about this whole thing? Bro, it, I agree with you. And I definitely think that something is happening that shouldn't be happening. And yeah. it's not because, and again, I just need to say the conspiracy thing. It's not because I'm a conspiracy theorist, okay? Right. Um, it, it's it's because I'm able to look at information, and I'm able, and no, it's not some dodgy video on YouTube, right? The, these are these people that make those videos are credible human beings. They're credible experts in many different fields, and trust me, why the fuck would they spend time? in creating content like you know how hard it is to create content i mean some of you listeners will know especially if they're in your like it's fucking time consuming and it's okay. quite long and it's yeah it's just quite it's like not that great sometimes yeah. so why would these people what motive would these people have like you gotta think they'd be some twisted motherfuckers to just right. go out and just start creating like some story narrative but and and for so many of them as well to get it right yeah. <laughs> fucking hell yeah. like i was saying things about this shit for months, for months, I've been talking about this. I've been talking about the plan, the agenda, what they're doing, how the pieces are going to come together. And it's all unfolding very similar to how I said. So either I am a conspiracy theorist who just, you know, randomly gets a lot of shit right, or there's something actually ha happening that we might need to look at. And when yeah. you look at like this stuff with this stuff at the moment, the election, bro, the, if, if it comes out that the, the, that the elections have been rigged or frauded in any way, bro. 
I feel for America and I feel for every single one of the people that live there because, bro, and, and yeah, it is. It's them first and then it's the rest of us because if America falls, we all fall. And I'm fucking telling you that if there is something happening and the American people find out that there's some fraud going on, which I, I highly think is going to happen unless they cover it up really fucking well. I think that this is that there is some there is some warrant to some of these claims. Um, that's everything gone that your integrity in, the, in, in, your, in your voter system, your democracy is gone. It means nothing anymore. And, well, you know, I've been. Go on, go bro. Well, no, it's I was just going to say. Please finish. <laughs> this happens sometimes. Yeah, right. um, no, I was going to say that it's 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 one of those things where I've been saying to my business partner lately that because um, he's all he's an anarchist, you know, he he believes in anarchy, man. He believes that, and it's not in the way that we've been led to believe either. He yeah. believes that anarchy isn't what we've been led to believe because when you say the word anarchy to people, they think of pitchforks and fires, well, and he says. Really yeah, he thinks it's the opposite. He thinks that anarchy is um, people reconnecting and, and rebuilding. That's what he believes it is. It's similar to nature. Nature is similar to anarchy, right? Nature doesn't turn... A tree in the middle of a forest doesn't turn around and go, hey, bro, can I grow that way? Or am I, you know... It just does its fucking thing. It just does its fucking thing. And, it, and you know, and he believes in anarchy that same way. Is it like we've all been programmed to believe that it would be the worst thing ever to happen to humanity if we all to just riot and everyone would kill each other. But I don't think that would happen. And the reason I don't think that would happen is because I I've, I know a lot of people and I know a lot of those people wouldn't want to commit harm or, or hindrance to somebody else. Um, so I don't think that it's, it, it's anarchy in the same way, but I think that that's what it, the planet needs, man. I really do. I feel like, and trust me i don't want that i've got twins on the way bro i've got two little girls on the way i don't want a fucking world that could but yeah. if it happens it might help us rebuild in a better way because right now it's fucked where it has well, been this is exposed to i feel like yeah 100 percent. so one is is that's the thing that's kind of come out in america and again um i understand that not that most people that listen to this have jobs or families and not everybody's like marshall dylan and can just sit around after their work for fucking hours and read on end um but you're right it's like, I believe, and I know that you're, I, I would agree that I would think that you're the exact same way, but guys like you and I, and for a lot of our listeners, we're the kind of people that are smart enough that if you give us all the information or a good amount of information that we're almost always going to make the correct choice at this point, or we're going to be able to, uh, to logically arrive at the, at the conclusion that's the truth. And I don't say that to mm -hmm. be cocky. It wasn't always like that. We've been talking about self-awareness, but it's interesting because now it's like, I take a look at everything. I have a lot of time to do research. And that's what I'm starting to realize, dude, is that one is none of this is real. And what I mean, especially in America, and I know that that trickles down to influence culture across the rest of the world, but it's like from the movies to the media, to the TV shows, to the politicians, it's like, I can clearly see now that it's always to the, to the intelligence agencies here in America, that's always been connected. And then it starts yeah. to make you think well, how much stuff has never been real. How much of mm -hmm. my history, the world history of American history is not even real? How much was actually fabricated? Uh, I'm not going to get into the moon thing, but it's like, you know, you've heard so many conspiracies about, well, the moon was shot in a Hollywood basement. I'm not here to discuss that. But what I'm saying is that I'm putting all this together now. I'm looking at the overwhelming lack of logic over the last year of what we've been told. And I'm starting to be like, dude, one is, and I said this a, a couple months ago, I'm like, this will be the last election ever as we know it. And people are like, what do you mean? I'm like, just wait and see. You know, there'll never be an election like this because now 
what this voter fraud is going to show. And I do think that, and again, this might not age well, but I do think Donald Trump will be reinstated as the, as the president for a second term. And it's kind of going to tie back into the second point of what I want to get at. But the thing with it is, is that one, our, our democracy is broken in America, no matter what, it'll never be the same because now with all that past evidence and everything I've been reading, there's, we're starting to wonder, there's a, there's a software, I don't know how much you've heard of it yet. It'll come out called hammer and scorecard. And it was developed by the CIA to actually uh, uh, hack and influence foreign elections, to, 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 to the software was. And what it appears to be is that now that it has been turned against the American people itself, because what they're starting to see is this hammer and scorecard software in the wee hours of election, the day after the election, that there was all these votes that were tallied electronically all of a sudden, and there seems to be these computer glitches, which really could just been a, an update of the program. But that being said, mm -hmm. is now they're starting to find information to go back to go, well, is this the first American election they've done this in? Is this the first mm -hmm. time they've ever done that? And as this starts to come out, there's a couple things I think are going to happen. One is the erosion of what democracy has been in America. And I don't know what it'll look like or where it'll come if politics will stay the same, if it's the end of the two-party system. But and this is what I was explaining in the video I made. What happens if you give a little kid a Christmas present and then 15 minutes later, you come and you rip it out of his hands? Like he's going to throw a fit. And so as mm. opposed to anarchy or the cleansing of the world, it's going to be interesting to see because if there turns out to be voter fraud and the democracy that America was built on turns out to have been a fraud for many years, and then you take away the shiny new toy that the liberals have got, which is like, oh, yo, never mind. Joe Biden's not really your president. And you see the media rushing to crown him president. And I think it's just for that fact, because they know he's not going to win. But if the media puts him up and says, yo, Joe Biden, Joe Biden, Joe Biden. And then, you know, 46 days later, it's like, oh, no, just kidding. He's not President Trump. Take it away. It's going to be a fucking shit show. And um, to the listeners, you know, as know, recently I moved to Montana, YouTube, bro. I moved to Montana. And that's how the whole thing started in in uh, April, I took a look at my life and I was like, if something was to go down, I can't protect my family. I live in a fucking apartment. I don't have a gun, yeah. which I'm always, now I'm like, I always kind of feel like a little badass because I'm always concealed carry now. But I'm like, when I bought my guns, I moved to Montana to a cabin, and, but to set up to just, just for that. And so this is what I want to ask you, which you're kind of, yeah, again, you guys, we're, we're just fucking, we're just shooting the shit here. We're just having a conversation, but a little bit of a prediction because if what we just talked about turns out to be true, I feel like there's going to be an uprising in America like we've never seen mm -hmm. before since not since the Civil War. And so do you feel any of that? Is there something, is there any sentiment of that going on in the UK? What is, what's the dynamic like? And if what I just said does play out, how do you think that will affect you, like your area or you guys in the UK? Like what's that look like? A prediction uh, done okay. to your head. Yeah, I honestly, I bro, I honestly think that it is going to uh, to unfold. Um, because I've been kind of watching all these other things unfold, like we're saying before, I've been kind of like making predictions that have ended up just coming very true. Um, so I think that we will see some some crazy shit go down, and uh, I think that what they're trying to do is rush this through as fast as they humanly can because I believe this is genocide. And I want to tie this back into the to the vaccines, the COVID-19 vaccines. This is genocide, man. People are going to willingly take that vaccine. There's going to be a group of people that will because they believe they're so brainwashed. They believe that that's the answer to their prayers. That's they, they believe that. Now, I can't stop them. No amount of my posts can change their mind. They are. They believe that what they believe that is their truth. And they are. They, they have a right to that. I can't take that away. But what I will say is that. 
this for all of those people that line up to go and get their vaccine, you are walking into your fucking death or at least some terrible autoimmune diseases later down the line. You're going to end up with some problems. And how do we know this? Well, when we look at any of the vaccines that really have come out, and this is what pisses me off about people being so fucking right and yet also wrong at the same time, is I had this conversation with people and they go, yeah, but what about the polio vaccine? Remember, if it wasn't all the chicken pox vaccine, if it wasn't for that, then we'd have you know outbreaks everywhere. And you know what my response is? Oh, great. So tell me about chicken pox. Don't yeah. worry. I'll wait. Yeah, <laughs> and they're like, yeah. "What? Uh, like, none of you motherfuckers know." Now, I'm not saying that I know all the uh, all the things, but that's just the point. We 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 don't know because we're so busy and so distracted by everything else that we simply just don't want to look because it means it's just taking that. something else on. Yeah. yeah. So, like, yeah. I feel like the easiest thing for people to do to get away from the conversation is say conspiracy theorists because it just tries to put, puts it to bed then you, you could present any yeah. amount of information or detail to people and they still wouldn't fucking want to hear it but i think this is ultimately about them forcing through this vaccine and i think that yeah. when they get that that, that, that there's going to be some s seriously fucking big kickback because the amount of people that i speak to in here in the uk that when this all started everyone wanted to be a good citizen yeah everyone wanted to do their part so we socially distanced people took the right precautions businesses closed they did what they could and everyone did that and we were told it's three weeks boris johnson said it was three weeks let's lock down for three weeks three weeks turned into six six to nine nine to x and it just kept going and it kept going and it kept going and it kept going the restrictions didn't didn't ease off they came back in and then it was like they were making other decisions like shutting gyms but leaving places that you could go buy beer open and things like this started to happen and it all just reinforced my belief that there is something sinister happening now i again can't put my finger specifically on what but i think they are going to push through this vaccine the joe biden election is a fucking farce and i think it's going to come out and when it does it's going to do, it's going to create some serious problems especially over your side of the pond and i think that ultimately that's going to make its way back here I don't think people were going to lay down as easy as that and just say, yeah, fucking inject me, inject my child. But here's the problem. Right now, what we're seeing is the biggest uh, wealth gap, wealth gap increase that the world has ever seen. And they're doing this by shutting the businesses. So they closed down all these businesses and the first lockdown wiped out a huge amount of businesses. The second lockdown is exact fucking mission is to shut it's just finish the rest off any that were just hanging on just finish them off now the problem with this is once those businesses go and you now no longer have the ability to earn income for yourself as an as an employee for your company or you subcontract your services to someone else once you lose the ability to earn money for yourself you are then dependent on state money and once you become dependent on universal credit as they call it over here i don't know what they call it over there but they call it fucking universe uc universal credit they're trying to call it universal basic yeah. income fucking there bullshit. you go yeah so once they get people on that they don't need to the, the army don't need to turn up and grab you out of bed if they say to you if they say sorry if you don't put your child through the vaccination schedule we're going to stop your money you're gonna end up doing one or two things one you're gonna fucking starve and you're not going to do that, are you? You're going to revolt to some sort of crime or you're going to go out and you're going to get yours. Or two, you're going to say, yeah, OK, cool, I'll, I'll do it. I'll go along with that and I'll, and I'll vaccinate my child. Now, mercy at will, because honestly, I think these vaccines are fucking not good. These vaccines wow. are not good. Yeah. Wow. So I think that that's the two. Yeah.
you know, to get even deeper. And again, I, I know there's a lot of people that may be listening to this and, and you guys have known me for years. Like I'm a, I'm a really level-headed guy and I don't even know why I'm trying to justify what I'm about to say. Cause it's my fucking show and this is my friend and we're having a fucking conversation. Do what you want. <laughs> but, yeah. Right. But it's like, it's interesting because let's take it a step further because I mean, we know that the vaccines that Bill Gates has used in the past in Africa have killed up to 70% of the people or fucked up 70% of the people have taken it. Like th that, you can find that. That's not like a hidden thing. Like, yeah, it's not out there in the open, but it's easy. I mean, you can find that. We also know that, that during this time that Bezos, a company that Bezos owns and a company that Elon Musk owns have been given the green light to launch a, a couple hundred thousand low orbit satellites into space and to be able to put up over a million I can't say, I don't know, I, the algorithm literally might ding me, but, but uh, 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 cell phone towers, the, the, big, yeah. the big ones, the new ones, the five ones. And, uh, yeah. and mm -hmm. interesting because we also know that the vaccine they're talking about is talking about changing the RNA within our genetic code. There's actually a little, they're, they're talking about being able, it's something you can't even see that, that goes yeah. into the vaccine, it's like a chip. I know you've heard of this too. And so now it's really crazy to think because for months now, over a year now, there have been the far right conspiracy theorists who have been talking about the effects of, of radiation from new age cell phone towers uh, and what it does to the human cell. And so it's interesting when we start to put all this together because it's like, okay, cool. They're trying to make, move America to electric cars, no more, no more fossil fuel, they want to end fracking, no more, none more of that. And so now all of a sudden we live in a world where, you're, where you can be tracked by your phone or contract, contact traced. And it's like, you get into your electric car and you want to go somewhere, you want to run. And it's like, oh, well, Mr. Burbridge, you know that you have COVID and we're going to shut down everything because you're not supposed to be driving. Or you know that you're on that prescription medicine and you should be operating. Mm -hmm. Or it's like, now you have a network uh, of people that can be influenced by an actual electric change to the DNA, to the RNA and their DNA code. And then being able to be influenced by these satellites. Now, I know that that sounds crazy. And I know that I sound like I'm way out there. But it's just so interesting because Joe Biden was on TV this morning. And the, the thing he was talking about this morning is the first thing they're going to do is uh, a mandate for national masks to really yeah, double down now on the double down on the on the uh, closing of the businesses, the closing of everything. And so all these things that we've been talking about, you start to bring them together. And I don't know, man. It's just to me, I'm like, how can anybody not see I'm not saying, it? Yeah, and I'm not saying that you have to go as deep as me or you or like or as me. You know, it's like, but I'm saying. Don't you think that maybe there's something like something a little fucking fishy here? Like something that's not adding up in the shit. I don't understand it, bro. It's, it's, it's fucking maddening. And so it's going to be, I think it's going to be interesting to see um, how this plays out. But like I said, I, I mean, I don't have the answers. I'm not smart enough to, that's above my pay grade. I just knew that I was like, I'm just going to unplug. I'm going to opt out for a little bit. I'm going to move to the mountains and just fucking chill. <laughs> Bro, you've done the right thing, man. I mean, one of the things that I really want to try and, you know, focus my efforts on now with the businesses is I really just want to, uh, to get away from society, man. I'm just so done with coexisting with, and not not in a nasty way. Like I, I say, this sounds so horrible. No one's going to follow me after this. <laughs> but um, it, it's not in a horrible way. But I feel like we've just been led so far down the garden path since the day we were born and we, the day we could first conceptualize the world everything yeah. around us has been designed to keep us uh, away from truly knowing ourselves and fulfilling our life's journey and i feel like there's like 
when you look around now and you're seeing all this stuff that's going on and how 10 years ago I was talking about RFID chips, 10 years ago I was saying like, bro, there's some dodgy shit going on because 9-11 and I don't believe that that was just some fucking two fucking terrorists up in a fucking couldn't fly a Cessna. Like, no, I don't believe that. And so I, I kind of look at the world and I'm like, I just want to get away from coexisting in society and not because i don't like humans i love human beings i love connecting man i love being you know i love that shit i love uniting but at the same time it's so divided right now and it's not our fault we've been influenced and manipulated by the powers that be and that's what's forced the divide and it's going to continue it's going to get it's going to get worse before it gets better and i think that you know for me yeah 100 percent. it will get so it was going to get so much worse before it gets better and um, the only way really to truly get away from it is to become less dependent on the system. So getting out into nature, finding a bit, getting a bit of land. Like that's one of the goals me and my business partner have is to buy a bit of fucking land down the line so we can do something with that land. But then just getting away and, and you know, this idea of school, like I spoke earlier on about school and college and how it failed me and it fails so many people. Like I don't understand this concept of school, bro. What the fuck is this? So what you have a child and then and then and then you just give it away for fucking eight hours a day to to this to the system. You don't know what's going on behind there really. You don't know what they're teaching them anymore. It's not really super transparent. And really, even if it was, how many parents got the time to go reading through these fucking fillers right. that they send out and all this like come on, it's just not realistic. So then you ah. look at maybe um you look at then maybe home tutoring. And to me, you know, that is where the value is. It's in teaching and instilling values and, and habits into our children that the school system just won't they're not that's not they're not interested in doing that why because they stick to the structure you go to school you learn you be quiet you don't question the authority so that when you go into the big wide world you do the same thing and you do that every day of your life until you fucking die and and that's just how it is and and that is the system yeah that's the system but why does it have to be that way you know why can't we break away from that i just thing is we can but people don't know what they don't know right and i, I love that you mm. mentioned that and it kind of full circle the back of what this show whole, whole thing started about which is like uh you're talking about uh, Stephen bell talking about switch off i call it unplug but it's all the same it's what you and i have been preaching or at least i'm uh, not preaching but also living like the last year of our brand and the evolution that both of our brands have taken which is doing things like posting about earthing posting about natural whole foods talking about how we can meditate or the, how we can have you noticed though man People don't fuck it. This is the problem. People don't want to know that stuff. Well, like it's almost it. like, but yeah. And this is the thing that it's not because they 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 don't. Again, like it's not because it doesn't work or it won't work for them. It's that's that it's it, like that's not normal to do, is it? Oh. You know, society yeah. has built us up in this way that you know, even when you talk about meditation, like why should speaking about meditation be weird for people? But people are weirded out by it. They're like, what meditate? What was that all? Like? But you're like, bro. You fucking. This is exactly what we're saying. You, you, you're. So, we're so far away from what we're supposed to be, and it's not oh, our fault. By design, yeah, the whole thing. They, they, they designed it to be to make us that far away from it all. I mean, I, I know we got to get into it now, but it's like I, I, I firmly believe the industrial revolution was the downfall of what the connection that man had, that the man has, and we can get in. I don't want to take up too much time. Do you still have to do yourself some time? Right. I don't care, man. I'm good to jam with you because there was a, <laughs> we still haven't spoken about DMT. We still haven't spoken about uh, the whole thing. soy boy. <laughs> right. Yeah, I was waiting. I, I was hoping to catch. I was hoping. To, so if you guys don't know, uh, on Instagram, literally right as we were going live, I, w- I posted. 
I'll go and lie with my friend, Soy Boy, uh, uh, official burb, uh, burbs. And I was hoping to catch you. I was hoping to catch you catching that on camera. You'd be like, oh, what the fuck? Um, I do want to get into that. Let's go back here for a second because that's the thing I keep preaching about. And I, and I haven't done it in the best way I, can, I know over the last year because I've been, I've been so emotional about wanting to help people. But it all comes down to the fact that I, I just keep telling people, you got to unplug from the matrix. I, the cool thing for Marshall Gillen right now is that I've gotten to a point where I, I'm, I'm starting to get that. And the next step is to buy land, to come fully self-sustaining, uh, harvest your own food, grow your own plants, create your own energy, all the things, right? But the whole thing I've just been getting to people is that's like, if you become aware or conscious of this matrix that's been created, the living life actually becomes fun because when you can get out into nature and you can actually connect with who you really are and spend most of your time there, you just get to go back in and out of the matrix whenever you want. And you start to realize it's like, yes, I like to talk about this conspiracy stuff and blah, blah, blah. But at the end of the day, even if it turns out that Joe Biden won fair and square or there was voter fraud, but he doesn't get caught, whatever. At the end of the day, there's absolutely not a fucking thing that I can do about it. And so it's like, that's the thing for the listeners. Like, what can you do? I didn't want to leave Southern California after 13 years. I, it's fucking amazing there. But I had to take a look at my life and look at the way things are going. And I could have been put my flag in the ground and bitched and moaned and complained and done all the things. Or I could have been like, what do I have control over? Well, I have control over to moving to this place where I can carry a gun, where I can have public land, where I can be all these things. And for the listeners, if, and I don't know where that you fall into this, Matt, but it's like um, for me personally, you know, it's not that I didn't ever have a relationship with God or really believe in religion. I was just, I used to be really religious or really Christian. And then I was agnostic. And then for the last few years, years, I've been just an atheist. I don't know. It's not important. I don't care. Mm. But what I have found, and, and I want because this was specifically what I want things I want to talk about. My audience knows quite well, March of 2019, I took my first uh, ever mushroom trip and it changed my life. I mean, it was an example. It removed ego for a little bit, and it just let me see what this whole mm -hmm. dimension is about. Yeah. The reason that getting to nature has been so – I've been preaching about it is because for the first time in my life, that's where I met God, the God of my spirituality. It's like I was talking this morning on Instagram. I went outside, and there's snow all over, and there's these perfect – these beautiful, perfect snowflakes. And I'm like, does anybody kind of fucking curious how these just fall out of the sky? <laughs> And you're telling me there's not some kind of a higher source, a, a source energy, whatever you want to say. And so this is the thing I want to get in with you because you just had a DMT trip uh, yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, but, so let fuck, me bro. Yeah. Go ahead. I was going to say the five senses is probably a good thing to summarize that as. And we, you know, so we haven't been taught to look outside of them. And uh, Cody Jefferson oh, came on my podcast. Yeah. Cody Jefferson is a bad, bad man for anybody that's not following him. Talk about the five senses. I can't really so the the five senses is what we that's what we know because that's what we're taught because that's what the system wants us to know so that right. you know there's no questioning outside of that. So you know, taste, touch, uh, see, smell, hear, and the five senses. It's like there's so much beyond that, but the way that we grow up. It, it, we're not taught to look outside of it. We're not taught to look inside of us and we're not taught to look outside of the five senses. So yeah. 
So if, if you think about it, the only real time that you start to actually do that is one when you become, uh, you know, enlightened by books, maybe because books is condensed brilliance and you start to learn all this crazy shit that this other person knows that's miles ahead from you. And that kind of downloads and that kind of gives you a glimpse of, whoa, well, now they're talking about things like meditation in there or they're talking about abundance. What's abundance? And then you start to learn all this stuff. Um, uh, so you learn it that way and you start to be introduced to it that way. Sorry. Or you, you, or you, or you take like, try drugs, try drugs. And I don't, <laughs> I'm saying, fucking, I just holler, I sold up a little bit because yeah. I don't want people to actually go out and try drugs. You gotta be careful which drugs you try, but what Marshall yeah. was saying about mushrooms. So like <laughs> I've done mushrooms and it is, it is just quite an insane thing because you get this you get this uh this understanding that you just don't have in this reality and dmt so i've done dmt uh yesterday actually and this is probably the third fourth time i've tried it but um, oh, yeah the first time i tried it though was years ago and then i had a big break from it yeah 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 it's a powder you put it onto the little gauze and then you just light oh, it and you just take it yeah and um the th funny thing about dmt is D dmt i call it a substance not a drug so DMT is, 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 is naturally occurring, right? In our bodies, is in our human bodies. So we've got this, that it's naturally occurring. It's already there. Secondly, it's, it's found in a certain type of plant. And I'm not hundred percent sure on what specific type of plant is. I don't want to say the one that I think it is because then it might be wrong. I don't want to. information out. Similar. Yeah. Similar. Yeah. So, um, so the, this is another way that you can access it. You, but the, the interesting thing is when, when you have DMT, it's an immediate hit. You, you, you get it and take it down. And immediately, by the time you've blown it back out again, you're, you are introduced to what life, well, what reality really is. Right. And what you think it is, what we all think it is, what we've been led to believe it is, it, it can't be. Because when you take DMT, and say, for example, I'm focusing on, uh, so I'll tell you what, I was I was in, at my friend's house and um, he's got this little kitten, this new little kitten. It's fucking cool. Yeah. And I want a kitten real bad. But the, the, the patterns on the kitten start to move, right? And the, and the kitten, uh, yeah, it's just all, start, like, all the patterns start to move on this Bengal kitten. But then everything else outside of that, because you're focused on the kitten, everything else has its true form. How I, I say it's true form, meaning the form that we see, like this okay. bottle, for example. But when you focus then on the bottle, the bottle starts to bend and get weird. And you start to see like, it. Um, this is like, it depends how much DMT you take, what milligram you take. But this is just the first hit I did. Things start to like melt and move. And everything that should be a certain shape is no longer that certain shape. Like it changes shape. It starts to, you start to bend time and space basically with your fucking, through your own eyes. And then uh, when you come back out of it, because it's probably a couple minutes and then you're back out uh the oh, second time how many yeah don't stay um i think the first hit i did was probably 20 30 milligrams and i was probably in for four or five minutes no longer um okay yeah and you can still do everything that you would normally do like we could do this podcast right now uh on dmt like we would still be able to have a conversation hold a conversation down it would probably get weird but we could do it <laughs> maybe we should one day fuck it yeah <laughs> I I would try it honestly dude it, it's crazy because the point i'm trying to make is what we've been led to believe is real in our reality is only what's real in the five senses but beyond that there's so much more that you just don't know and don't have access to and um 
so DMT for me, it was like, it's not something that I would, you know, I wouldn't do it every day. I wouldn't do it every week, but it's definitely something that I think people should try because once you try it, it's indisputable. Then you can't, you can't do it and then go, ah, well, everything's just as it is. Cause it's yeah. not. Dude, once it's you that. see, <laughs> Yeah. Well, there, there's a, hold on a second. I'm going to show you this. I, I think it's funny. If anybody's done, I haven't done DMT yet, you guys. Um, but I always thought this was funny. I found this shortly after my mushroom trip. Uh, but it, it, let's see. Oh, it's on the screen. Three hits in, three hits into DMT and chill, and she gives you this look. <laughs> okay, cool. So now we're getting there, right? So that yeah. sort of stuff where you start to see patterns and things, right? This is where yeah. it gets crazy, because oh, on the yeah. third hit, you you kind of go a bit deeper in. So even if you're keeping the milligram the same amount, I think the third hit I did was still around ten to twenty maybe milligrams. But that third hit, then even though I've come out of it twice, that, that now you go a bit further deeper. And now shit really starts to fucking change. And if you, you start you to ship or anything taken off, did you have that, that experience where you like felt like you were shot out of something? Uh, the first ever time I did DMT, I did, but that was okay. years ago. So I had a projection. Yeah. Which was really fucking trippy and very strange. And, and to talk about that would take us down another path, but so weird, so different to any other experience I've had on drugs because or on substances because that was like super fucking weird super strange to see my myself sitting there on on the bed but also have a conversation with this gray this gray figure that was me just yeah but 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 bro come out of that and i shit you not it was like it was just the most normal thing that ever happened so i wasn't like super tripped out you know like when you do mushrooms or acid or anything like that it's like a real sick hallucinogenic and you fucking like whoa that is so strange but after having that experience, like I remember sitting there on this bed, just having this conversation with this like gray shadow that was in the room. It was me talking to me. And then when I came yeah. out, I was like, well, that wasn't weird at all. Like it was just felt yeah. like a genuine conversation. Like I was having yeah. one with you. Yes. No weirdness at all. But yeah, it's the that, most that, weird that fucking was, thing. That was MT experience of DMT? That was my like, first that, that, experience with DMT. Yeah. It's interesting but because was, I mean, I, no, God, that was what? I just did it differently back then. I think that was um, it also I didn't I know about uh, milligram sizes or anything like that. So I was just given something and I took it and woo. Well, <laughs> I, I Googled DMT or YouTube DMT videos like whatever a year ago when I went through all this and I was thinking trying to find some DMT. And so it's interesting to hear that from you because the videos that I saw, I don't know what milligrams they smoked, but people were literally coming out of their trips 10, 15 minutes later and they were doing crazy things like be like their friends would be videotaping them, right? Like they'd be feeling the walls going, oh my God, oh my God, thank God there's walls. Or they'd be like, oh my God, I hands on my nose. Like, oh, I'm, I'm here, right? Like people freaking yeah. out, like saying that they've gone to these, because I, I want to hear what you were going to say, the third hit you took. People go to this, this space where they, they I, I, I don't know, but here it's like things become these fractal patterns, but it's, there's no concept of it. Like you can't even, there's no concept of where you're at, but you come back and everything just kind of makes sense about it. Like, what it's, was that third yeah. hit like? Bro, it's fucking, it's so strange because on the third hit, um, we, so I was looking at the back, it's my friend's house, it, well, my friend's friend's house is beautiful back garden. He's got a big log cabin at the back and these beautiful trees. And um, so I'm standing there at the, at the, 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 the windows and I'm like looking out at the trees and all the leaves are like starting to like melt and move and then just dripping. And then I'm like, whoa. And then I look at the bark and look at the grass on the, on the, on the path and you can see 
you can see the energy like almost neon looking moving through plant like you can see it it's so hard to explain man it probably sounds so fucking wacko right now but it's so difficult to explain but when you see what because it doesn't look like that does it normally if you look at the grass right now you're just going to say dude look at that grass it's just green and it's just there and it's waving in the wind but when you're on dmt you look at it it's not the same it's grass, but you can see the fucking energy in it. You can see things moving in the fucking, in the organism, mate, of itself. And wow. the guy that, the, it's insane. And the guy that, uh, that, that was doing it with us, this is a guy's house that we were around. Friend of mine, friend is his house. And uh, he's like madly into it now. He does it like every day. Uh, and uh, not as like a, he's fucking got a great business and stuff. He's yeah. not like some crazy junkie. <laughs> and when yeah. people think it, he's a crazy junkie, but he has been experimenting with 70 to 80 milligrams in the same way. So like triple what I were doing uh, is it was like, we're talking quite a lot. And he now has come to the conclusion that we are all engineered. We're not, organisms we're not natural organisms he he says that when he looks at his hand on dmt now or he looks at trees or he looks he can see the technology the mathematics the technology yeah. the, the engineering in it he says when i look at his hand it's robotic it's it's got okay. and it's got mechanisms in it yeah. so he's like and i'm not saying he's like crazy at all because yeah. how the fu- like what the fuck do we well, know i agree with that i mean i don't know how deep but like same thing is like after my mushroom and i should I, you guys, for anybody listening, I shouldn't, and Matthew, it's like, I, I didn't take, I mean, I didn't take mushrooms. What I took was 4-ACO-DMT, which is a synthetic version of psilocybin. You guys know that psilocybin is a psychoactive ingredient in mushrooms. And so that interesting that you say it like that, because when I came out of my journey, for me, it was this, it was knowingness that whatever is going on right now is not real. Like, and yeah. what I mean is like, this is that this is a simulation. Now, I, I can't go as far as to say as I've seen mechanics and robots, but I know without a doubt that this is a simulation. And I, I can't remember mm-hmm. the name of the theory right now, but there's a study from years back uh, of a guy who actually proved that we might be in a simulation. He was able to look within the, basically the fabrics of the universe with math, and he found a code that is not kind of like, but it's the exact computer code, the exact ones and zeros that you would use if you were to put it into a computer and it pulled up the 404 not found page. Like, That's right. Yeah. Yeah. This is what Mark was talking about yesterday. He was saying the same thing. He said that he, he said that in nature there's code. And he said, why would there be code in nature? Because that would then imply that it's not accident and it's not random or sporadic. It would imply that it's a fucking sky. Like <laughs> It doesn't make any sense. Sequence, which I'm sure you've seen a jillion times, the way the sequence plays out. And so it's interesting what you said about the gray figure and you from your first DMT trip, because during my four CEO DMT trip, the same experience was once I got the first hour, I, I thought I was dying for sure, for sure. Yeah. knew I was dead. And then once I finally got up and started to move, and I tried to explain this to people, but I'm like, it was like somebody was like time out and then God, it was like I zoomed out of life and I was looking at the overall, like, this is the map of the game and I'm going to take you through a how-to tutorial. And I remember standing on the beach of this island and I was God or source energy and I was also Marshall. I was having a Mm -hmm. conversation, but I was both people simultaneously 
and it, it wasn't weird. I, I can't, it doesn't even make sense in this realm. And so everything you're mm -hmm. saying, it's like, I'm, I'm like, dude, that's literally what happened to me. It's so interesting yeah. because explaining, you know, psychedelics from my limited experience is it seems to remove the ego. And mm -hmm. by ego, I don't I know a lot of people don't have a great understanding of what ego is, but ego, I always refer to ego as the third, like the avatar that we have to play the game in. Like if you don't have ego, you don't get to be here in third dimensional reality. It's like, I, it's kind of how I always think of it. And it's like, it takes the ego like out of the way and says, go here. And it's just, you're just looking at all of the, everything that is. And when I came back, that was the one thing. I was like, none of this is real. Like, I don't know how, but none of this is real. Nothing matters. All there is is love. And so I'm convinced, dude, like whether it's DMT or like a fucking strong dose of mushrooms, I'm like, if the whole world just took a dose of mushrooms, we would all probably chill the fuck out. <laughs> Bro, I got this theory. This is going to get fucking weird now, but I got this theory and I've shared this with a few people because um, you probably do want to keep it quiet <laughs> for the most part. People think you're crazy. But um, I had this theory before that like, and again, this is just, I'm just shooting the shit. This is just a theory that I came up with in my mind and it's still there. But I was like, okay, so this idea that DMT is released in our bodies two, uh, two times, one when we're born, one when we die, right? That's, yeah. So um, from the pineal gland, if I'm not mistaken, yeah? So it's released from yep. the pineal gland and it's released in these two occasions in life unless we use an inhibitor and then we can do it like or smoke it like I like I would for example. Yeah. You can do it through breathing exercises. But yeah, yeah when, or, when you're born, that's it, yeah. Yeah, or very good meditation. You've got to be very skilled right. at meditation to be able to do it. But um, so then I started to think like, okay, if, it, if it's there when we're born, what is to say that when we become hosts in like the physical body, this is just a host on this planet, right? On this realm, in this universe. So what's to say that when we when we find the host, i.e. the baby, the body, and we're born, we don't know everything. We know everything at that point. We know yeah, fucking yeah. everything there could possibly be to know about everything. It but never will be. The, yeah, but the host that we're in is a tiny newborn baby. And it, in this reality, it physically can't speak those words. It can't conceptualize the planet. But inside that baby's name, we look at it. We're like, oh, look at this little tiny baby. It's so cute. But in it's, it's looking out and it's going fucking i know everything and i just want to tell everyone but i can't now here's where it gets trippy this is again just a theory but I'm from the moment it. we're born right now we open our eyes as this little baby and all of a sudden we're in this reality and we've got people saying words words become a thing and we start to conceptualize words and sentences and meanings behind them and etc we start to visualize things so we see things physically and get told that's a chair that's a car that's a this, that's a that. So then we start to see that. And by the time we are old enough and in the host's body where we could actually communicate what it is that we wanted to say the whole time, which is all this download of everything, the whole meaning of life, everything is gone because we've removed all of that information. We're no longer that, we don't have access to that anymore because our brains and our reality has been formed for us in the reality that we're in now. So therefore, by the time we do get to four or five, is it four years old that children can begin to conceptualize i think it's four yeah okay so it's later than that shit man well, the first, the first seven years they're in theta state which means that like they're in the all meditations downloads is that what you're asking or yeah so when you when you first start to understand things basically i thought i thought it was a yeah. bit younger than seven but it, you know in terms of time and and reality yeah. basically um, so even if it is that though, you know, anywhere between that, that's, that's still quite crazy. When you think about it, we could, you yeah, could have known, yeah. but 
just to not be able to, to, to talk about it, express it, and then have all of that knowledge taken away. And, and instead, we've now got this new stuff that we call life and reality, and, and we can conceptualize it. And then by then, it's so far gone that the only way to get back to it is to, you know, go through the process of meditation or use the inhibitors, whatever it is to get back to it. I mean, it's just, it's crazy, really. It just sounds silly. But to me, I'm about that. I mean, dude, I, I, I 100%, that's what I think happens. You know, it's like, and I keep trying, I always, I've been trying to steer away from the, the uh, term learning. Oh, I'm learning. Oh, we're here to learn because we're not here to learn. Like we already know everything there is. We're here to remember. I think that's really the I only thing so. that is it. And so I think it's interesting because, you know, some people will be like, well, you can get there naturally. You don't need substances. I'm like, yeah, but if you never, if you never even show up to see what the park looks like, how can you visualize what goes on inside of it? It's like, it's almost like a guide has to lead you there until you, so you at least know like, oh, this is the objective. Because for me, the reason I think that I, I had that experience when I did and why it played out like that is because I was so terrified of death. I was mm. so terrified of death. And I went on that mushroom trip and somewhere in that realm, I realized, I was like, wait a second. I said, in my experience of life so far, even things I, it doesn't matter if I like them or don't, but things that I'm scared of, as soon as I try them, whether I like them or not, I always come on the other side and go, that wasn't nearly as bad as I thought it was going to be. Mm. So I'm like, why would death be the one thing that is the outlier of everything else? Why, I'm going to die and I'm going to the other side and go, wow, that fucking was even worse than I thought it was. And that was kind of the whole thing that woke me up to where you're coming from now, which is like to realize that we already know everything. It's literally stored inside of the, the cells in our DNA. I mean, literally the stuff that yeah. makes up fucking in this, the, with the things that make up this physical matter, all the information is in this fucking coffee cup. Like, just that we have right. consciousness able to express it. And it's, it's just, again, if you, well, go ahead. But I was going to say part of the reason I went vegan, mate, um, but there's actually a couple of reasons, but like there always is. But the, the, one of the reasons was. How long ago was that? Uh, almost a year. It's about 10 months okay. now. Yeah. Okay. Um, so there's two reasons. Number, But the first, I mean, I didn't know the second one until a little later when I started to think about it, but. Um, and that's the one I'll talk about is uh, I think that what because if you think about what they're feeding us from the minute we're born to the, to the minute that you die, like what we eat is everything. You can't live without food, although some people have done it, I believe, like monk, some certain monks have gone fucking apparently long time without eating or whatever. But, you know, for the most of us that can't do that type of stuff or believe that we can't do that type of stuff sorry i should say um like food is fuel for us it's it's what keeps us alive it's what and if you think what they're putting in the food like that was the thing for me man i looked at the meat and the dairy industry and the fish and when i found out that the meat and dairy industry uh, they receive subsidies from the from the government and i mean heavy subsidies incomprehensible amounts over 50 percent subsidized by the by the government and then the rest of it is funded by the taxpayer so if the taxpayer pulled their money and bought put an, into another product that business isn't economically viable would collapse if the government stopped the subsidies and only the taxpayer paid again they would have to subsidize it at some point or put money into it eject cash into it because the it would just collapse so then I started yeah. to think, hmm, when I think about these people that run the world and these powers that be, do they have our best interests at heart? Now, we know because we've been speaking about this podcast, they don't. They definitely don't. And if you yeah. think that they do, then I can't stop you from thinking that or feeling that, whatever right. is your path, you go on it. But 
I don't think they care about me or my nan or your fucking your, you or your fucking children. They don't care about that. You think when they're doing these billion dollar deals, or trillion dollar deals for vaccines, that are com- us come up in conversation? Do we fuck? They don't care. But when I put the two and two together and I was like, well, if they know that by feeding people terrible processed shitty foods is going to cause illnesses and ailments, what motivation oh. would they have to do that? Well, they would have the motivation of let's get these people sick so that they can become customers to our big pharma products. And then it made sense. I made the link. I was like, well, if they feed us shit and we decide to eat it, because remember, no one's forcing you to go to fucking McDonald's, are they? No one's got a gun to your head when you do it. It's up to you. You go and eat it. It's voluntary. No one's forced you to do it. It's almost like socioeconomics. <laughs> It and they don't even realize it. True. And that's the point. It's there. And we've been that and we've been kind of conditioned in a way to 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 think that, that you know it's acceptable. But to me, I think that it is it's relevant. But I think yeah. that um when you think about the food industry, it's the biggest killer because either people don't have food and they die, or they do have food and they die. So food is the biggest killer. So you think about what they're putting into the foods. Would they, would they by any chance pass through, you know, foods that are dangerous? Of course they would look at the FDA, look at some of the stuff they're proving food. It's fucked. It's disgusting, man. It's, it's horrible. You go Google search some of the stuff that comes on a processed packet of fucking meat and you'll see just how disgusting that stuff is. That's not real food. So then we have to consider all the processing and the protest processing plantations and how much damage that's doing for the planet, et cetera. So then I started to link it together and I was like, well, if their biggest goal is to create customers for big pharma and eventually just to kill people, basically get money from people until they die, because I believe that's the that's the goal of big pharma. Otherwise, they would have to- told us about holistic approaches. They would have gone down the homeopathic path. Yeah. Yeah. So they would have done that. Right. But they didn't. The Rockefellers didn't want to do that. They didn't. They didn't want homeopathic medicines to lead the way they wanted pharma to lead the way. So they have the motivation to do it because sick people make money and then they they die anyway, which is end goal. Depopulate. Great. So then I thought, well, hang on. If I'm consuming all this meat and this dairy and this fish and all this shit, then I'm probably doing my body some damage. Now, that was the first little thing for me. I thought the people that are feeding us this, what they're putting into it probably isn't that good. But I didn't have the real push to go vegan. Uh, my mum's been vegan for about 16 years or something ridiculous. So she's like knows all wow. about tofu. Yeah. Um, but she tried for years to get me to go vegan and I never did because I just didn't want to. I didn't find a reason right. for myself. Wasn't interested. Um, but then I had Corin Sutton on my podcast. This is a while back now. Corin Sutton, he's an OG. Go follow him on Instagram if you can. He's awesome. And uh, he's a vegan bodybuilder, coach, that kind of thing. And uh, he's on my podcast and we're talking. And at this time, I've got this idea of going vegan in my mind because, again, I looked at the links and we're like, yeah, they're probably feeding us some bullshit in that meat. And that meat's probably not good unless you're going out and hunting it yourself and doing all which we can't, which we're not. So then when we were on the podcast, he said to me this story. He said, this is a guy that's been in the army and uh, he's nearly had his life taken couple times and he said when i was in the army uh in the military and you know you come very close to having your life taken and he said you ever had you ever come that close to having your life taken and all these flashbacks come back i've been told you about my story at the beginning right so and there was other things that happened as i got a bit older which were close encounters like i got kicked in me and a, a friend of mine we got booted in one day at a beach. We went to this party to drop these girls off. We ended up getting kicked in by, there was 38 people in the police statement and there was two of us. So yeah, it was bad. Like they, they, they beat us so, they beat us so badly 
Like that's how this tooth is is a is a cap. If you shine a light behind this tooth, Marshall, look at this. Oh my god, dude! Gnarly, bro. From the cops. Mm -hmm. Uh huh. It's like that's a cap tooth, and that's because I got hit with a knuckle duster. They took my tooth out. And um and that that night I thought I was gonna die because my friend had got beaten so badly he was unconscious and whilst he was unconscious they were holding on to him by the by his collar and he was unconscious literally there like couldn't he was not awake at all and I was so badly bashed up at this point my eye was out here my fucking tooth was in shatters in my hand it was bad and they said this boy said he had a belt around his hand and he said we could fucking kill you here tonight and no one would even know it was us. And I remember just feeling so terrified for my life at that point. I was so fucking scared. I didn't, I thought we weren't going to get off that beach. They were going to kill us. They were just going to tow us in. Like we were already half done. They were just going to beat us a bit more. So I have almost had my life taken. And when Corin said that to me, all this stuff flashed back and all these memories flashed back. And he said, now what I want you to do is put yourself in the position of the cow. And he said, now think of this cow, it's going down this chute and all of its friends are going down that chute and it's in this shut now and it's, and it's trapped and it can see to the left of it and it can see to the right of it. And as it looks to the left and right of it, it sees its friend who it was on the field with grazing, bolt gun through the head, bang, gone. Yep. Now he said the, the, the feeling that that cow gets, cause it's sentient. It's a, it's, it's got feelings like we do. They've studied it. They know that it's a central nervous system and they, they understand pleasure, pain, et cetera. He said, when it watches his friend get bolt gunned in the head and all the blood start gushing out of his body, do you not think that, that cow is going, oh, oh no, my life is going to be over now? Right. And he said, at that point, you can relate to the cow. But he said, the reason why so many people struggle to go vegan is because they've never even had a confrontation before in their life. Right. So they can't, they can't put themselves in the shoes of the animal. Right. They don't know what that feels like. They don't know what it feels like to almost have their life taken. So what the, how can they fucking relate to a cow on a field? Like yeah. it just, it doesn't, it doesn't make sense to them. You know, that's very interesting. I, I, I sort of, some of my audience, definitely, you know, I was vegan. Okay. I was hundred percent plant-based for nine months. Uh, I was vegan. I saw, bro. Right. Honey. So I guess I can't say I was vegan because I still took honey. Um, cause I was on a more of an Ayurvedic diet, but anyways, uh, that was a big thing for me when I, first off, I thought I was dying of cancer when I had that mushroom trip. And mm -hmm. I learned that plants can heal. I did a bunch of self-research and that's what got out of fear. And then what happened is I started studying more about quantum physics and epigenetics. And what I've learned uh, for some of the audience doesn't know is that they say that 95% of all of our memory is stored in our body. Only 5% of it's kept in our brain. And so I started to be like, well, how does that work? And what happens is people got to understand that these emotions that we feel, these experiences happen. And then there's a timestamp in the side of us biologically. And those memories are stored within the DNA that make up our body and different, different codes, different cells do different things. Like a spleen cell knows to regenerate as a spleen and a bone, a bone and so on and so forth. But what I started to realize is that same thing. And that's why I stayed vegan for so long is because I'm like, well, you've got to understand that these animals, they feel fear. They feel anger they feel all those things and at the moment that that's time stamped that that feeling that memory that knowledge is literally stored in their dna in the cells of their meat and then you go and you eat that meat and that becomes who you are is that 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 flesh yep. so that was the thing for me that really fucked me up for a long time and then shortly a while ago and i and this is interesting because you know because you know now that I, I i went carnivore for a, a while for only about a week about 10 days um, but now I'm still like probably 90% carnivore. 
and which is a big change for me, especially coming from the knowledge that I know. But it's kind of tying back into now it's the other side of the thing is one, I don't think I have since learned that different strokes for different folks. You've got to get in where you fit in and what works for your body or, or your ideology or whatever. I, if you guys follow somebody called, uh, his name is Dr. Jack Cruz uh, on YouTube and Instagram. His shit is the best. Dr. Cruz is convinced that the only thing that really matters is light and air and that you could eat fucking cheeseburgers your whole life if you wanted to, but that's a whole nother story. And what's changed for me though, you know, Matt, is like, there, again, I moved here to Montana and I didn't do it on purpose, but I started to look out into nature and I started to realize that the only, the only organism in the entire world that self-isolates is people. And the more I started to go out into nature, I'm like, the tree is there. The tree falls and, and it drops the things. The animals come and they eat it and then the animals die and either they get eaten or their body returns to the earth and new plants come on. And I started to realize, I'm like, everything is cyclical. And mm -hmm. what I, for me, I got this, this instant reminder, this ancestral like, like remembrance of like, listen, we're all, and again, it's not right or wrong. This is just for me and why I started to turn back to me is like, I'm like, all this is a cycle circle of life. And the people that lived here in Montana, the Blackfoot tribe or the Indians or any indigenous people anywhere, like they were going to eat meat every chance they had because it was the most calorie dense. But in times that they couldn't or in different regions, they probably ate plants. And so it's interesting now because the way that I've looked at it, and this is the best my body's ever felt. That's for me personally. But it's like, I, and again, I'm not eating. I'm only eating wild game. I haven't been able to mm. hunt it yet. Because there's a locker right here in town because I live in the middle of the fucking forest. Um, that's all wild game. And so that's the one thing that's interesting to me now that's kind of changed for me because it's like some people will look at hunting. I don't think you guys can hunt in the UK. Can you like that? Like just there, uh, there, is hunt there is hunting that takes place here, but I, d I don't really know too much about it. And to be yeah. honest, like th this is always the thing. Like I'm not one of those type of fucking vegans that, that we kind of get in down someone's throat because they want to eat some meat. Like do you, boo-boo. But yeah. at the same time, it's... It, it, I think that it comes back to self-awareness. So, you know, you are an intelligent guy and you've done research, you've done, looked at it, you've trialed things. So there isn't much that someone like a vegan couldn't turn around to you and be like, well, you need to change your decision because, right. Hey, you, you fucking done tried it. You've given it yeah. a go. And do you know what? It's not set in stone. I mean, fuck, you might yeah. want to eat plants again, like at some yeah. point more than you do meat. Yeah. So, yeah. It, it really comes down to, like you said, it's 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 having awareness over what you're doing. And the problem is, is that most of us, in fact, I will reinstate what I just said. All of us are brought up in a system that tells us that murdering and exploiting animals by the billions is OK. okay yeah. And that's where the that's where the line is drawn for me, because, how, uh, I, yeah, how, I mean, how could you eat? I mean, knowing what we know about, and that's what I'm getting into as to wild game. It's like, you know, for people that, that don't hunt and I haven't started hunting yet, I started fishing. People go, how can you just go out there and kill an animal? I'm like, well, you, first off, you got to understand wild animals. Like a wild animal just doesn't, doesn't just die. It doesn't go to the nursing home and die. Like animals in the wild, they die a horrible, vicious death. Like almost always they're either going to get sick and someone's going to eat them alive or they're going to break a bone and someone's going to eat them alive. Like that's nature. And so it's interesting for me as opposed to eating wild game, which I know it's not fully sustainable for people to go out and hunt their own game. But it's like, you got to think is like, let's say a deer, a deer is out here. It has a whole diet of complete wild plants, wild berries. It has no fear of people. It's, it's nothing. And in one day before it even knows it, it's just turned off a super simple, easy kill arrow or bullet through the heart. And before it doesn't even know what happened. It's arguably the most humane 
way that those wild animals are going to die. And so that's why I'm saying, if it's not, I'm very fortunate. And the reason that I didn't change like this until I got here to Montana. And I was like, if, if I'm looking at ancestral eating and I'm looking at living off the land, like people have for thousands of years, you know, then that's how I started to judge. And I want to say justify, because again, it's not right or wrong. Everybody's got to figure out what works for them. But that's why I started eating meat again. Cause I was like, well, if I can go out and harvest my own food, which I haven't been able to yet, but I'm not eating any, I don't eat anything processed anymore. I, it's all mm. local, right, regularly grown. It's like that for me, it's been able to return me to the earth. Well, I mean, it's like the same thing. It's, I was listening to a podcast the other day and there was a hunter that was talking about talking to indigenous people and tribes around the world from the research that he's traveled and done. And he said the interesting thing was that when they're talking to these indigenous people uh, or tribal people from across the world, they're like, when they asked them the best time of their life or the best thing that's ever happened, it was always the one story, same uh, all across the world, people independent of each other, of the time that they got the biggest kill and were able to feed the tribe. And so for mm. me, it started to really just change just, again, it's, I, there's no right or wrong, but I just thought, I just think it was interesting when I'm like, yeah, what is the fucking right answer? But for me, it allowed me to let go of the identity that I had of like, well, you got to do it this way. You got to do it that way. Like I still eat plants, like not, not a lot. If I'm, if I'm not eating plants, then I'm, I'm, I'm eating more, more organ meat, mm. my nutrients. But point being is that their science proves that plants uh, can heal. And so I, I, I've gotten to this point now where I look at plants as more of a medicinal like more of a medicinal thing. Um, mm. And again, what's right or wrong? If you can find complete sustainability in, in life uh, to support in, or energy through whatever it is you consume, like I think it's just what I know you would agree. It, it comes down to what this whole conversation started, which was self-awareness. How mm. can we be conscious? How can we live consciously? How can we eat consciously? And for me, dude, I agree. Like if I'm in the situation of living in a city or if I can't get wild game, like I wouldn't be eating meat from supermarkets. And if anybody's mm. listening, know I mostly eat meat like I would still now I still I would not condone somebody going to the grocery store and buying meat it's not ethical it's not no. fucking right I mean at the same time you know people could say like well because we talked about sustainability and um and ethics but it's like well you know people were well vegan is this or that I'm like well yeah kind of but did you know it takes 130 pints of water to make one glass of almond milk or one glass of plant milk 130 pints of water to make one cup of of plant milk. And so the argument can go either way for anybody. And I'm like, and again, it yeah. comes down to what the fuck it's, we're it's, it's self, yeah, self-awareness and also it's self-awareness, but it's also um how you justify it, you know. So and there's all like I said earlier on, everyone's right and everyone's wrong. They just don't right. know it. You but know, because the fuck up and live their life like you <laughs> and that's what I'm good back to is like oh, the social media. It's like everybody's got to get on and I've done this. You got and we don't do it on purpose, but it's like you get on and do virtues virtue signal. But not because, and some people just because they are, but some of us because we really want to help in this identity of what we're doing. We're like, it's got to be this way. But I've seen this transition in you now. Is like, is like, you know, you have moved your business from online to offline. And we briefly talked about this before we started the podcast, which is this whole online influencer coaching speaking thing for the most part. 99% mm. fucking bullshit. It's ruined by social media. People were not meant to communicate through social media. It's not fucking natural. It does have the power to change a lot of things, but it's not natural. And to see you move offline and now open your restaurant, which I know uh, was called Earth, but you've, we've, uh, you've recently, you're currently going through a rebrand to Conspiracy Kitchen. And I, that's why I just have so much fucking respect for you, man. Because it's like, it's not that you're preaching anybody to do anything. You found what works for you. You have uh, uh, your uh, reason and logic behind it. And you're not telling anybody to fucking do it. You're just like, yeah. I run this. 
And if you want the best that there is, like I know you guys, did you guys release a new menu today? We That's did. It. And what's interesting is um, kind of tapering back to the whole, uh, you know, vegan thing is most vegan. So here's what it is for us. When we came into business together, me and my partner, Jim, uh, we, you know, we both have used uh, food and, and, and fitness to change our lives drastically, radically change who we are, both of us. I mean, Jim can't tell you his full story, but, you know, when he was in his mid 30s, um, this guy was, you know, overweight, unhealthy, was struggling to walk up the stairs without being tired. And that's not because he was massively overweight, but he was just unfucking healthy. Physically looked okay, but he was inside, he was just fucking unhealthy, really bad. And um, he would get really tired just walking up the stairs. And he said he had this epiphany one day and he was just like, what the fuck am I doing to myself? So he ended up going plant-based and essentially he's 50 now. And dude, the guy, when we do jujitsu, he rolled with me for 10 minutes, you know, and he's, and he's, uh, he got, does mountain biking, downhill mountain biking. He's, he's fit for 50 years old, blows most 50 year olds out the park. But when he came in, so he took the business over back in January time and I came in around March so after I stepped down from the coaching space, I then was looking at what other ways I could. And this was just as COVID was locking down in, over here in the UK. And I was like, what other ways can I provide service to people, make a bit of money and obviously continue like move my yeah. transition forward. But at the same time, not go broke doing it. Yeah. So I kind of looked at um, a few restaurants and a few places around the area that I could maybe offer some consultancy to. And one of them was this restaurant called Earth. And I met this dude called Jim. And I'm like, oh, you know, we seem to get on. And he was down with the consp conspiracies too. And, you know, we found a lot to relate to each other through. And through that, a uh, couple long story short, but in the first couple of months of lockdown, we had, uh, with the help of me as a consultant, we had, he had gone from uh, from a 5K month in his business to 15K. So we tripled the revenue in the first, in the first two months of me helping with three months of working with him balls deep in a fucking pandemic lockdown yeah so it was after that that he had realized oh this guy has definitely got some skills and credentials in some areas that i don't he's helped me do xyz and i had realized that you know what i've been talking about getting into the vegan industry for like a, a good year anyway as a business because i believe that it's it's going to boom and trend so i had already started thinking about that I planted the seed about a year before right even when i first started fit story it was kind of in the back of my mind to look at venturing into that space so for me, it felt natural to then put a proposal together. I put a proposal together and uh, one, two, skip a few, ended up getting into partnership. Now, what we took over was this, a fast food, junk food, vegan restaurant. And all the food was, you know, processed and fried. And that is so far away from the values we have, you know, because we were selling a product that we didn't align to. But at the same time, we're balls deep in a pandemic, the market that buys from us is what the previous owners have built over three years so we had all this fear and all this like self-doubt of oh we can't just change the menu and go whole food plant-based and start educating people on real food we can't do that because all of our audience are buying the junk food that's what they want that's what they that's what they're asking for right that's what they know so then we then we spent a couple of months basically um falling out of love with with every day past because although right. we had this business and the business works it's it's generating good income it's doing its thing and we've been able to bring in staff and things like that and hire people during the pandemic's great but at the same time we know that what we're serving to people is processed vegan junk food now here's the thing for me most vegans go vegan for what the animals bro 
Not because they're fucking yeah. They just they see that and they get caught up into this 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 story about the animals being brutally and they are by the way. It's not just a story. It's real. It's truth. Um, it's fucked. Yeah. So they get drawn into it from that. Yeah. And then what they do is they go, oh, well, you know, I'm vegan for the animals, bro. And then they go around like, yo, dude, you need to be vegan for the animals. And the whole time they stuff their fucking faces full of processed fucking junk food. Right. Right. So they've gone from animal junk food, processed meat and shit to no animal killing, which is great, by the way. Thumbs up because it saves life of an animal that doesn't want to die. It's great. But you're right. still putting processed shit into your body. And what we don't, what we didn't want to do is continue doing that because to me and to Jim, that is so far away from what it, what what this is all about for us. So, yeah. So we spent the last, like the last, literally the last couple of months, Marshall, we've spent the last couple of months going back and forth with the self doubt about, oh, should we change it all? Should we change it a bit? Should we introduce a few things? We take some things out and all these questions and really struggling to show up and str- really struggle with the marketing aspect of it because what what am I marketing? I'm marketing something I don't feel aligned to. So that even got difficult. Um, and it reached a point where about four weeks, three weeks ago, we were having a conversation and we were like, we're going to have to pull the trigger on this. Why? Because this isn't, this, this is where conspiracy kitchen came in. We were thinking about the food industry and if you look at the food industry, bro, it's the biggest conspiracy of them all. For sure. It's the biggest conspiracy of them all, right? It really I think, is. I think it is. Yeah. It all starts 100%. with food. That, that, that's, where, that's where the whole process of, of control starts is, is what we put in our body because it leads yeah. everything up. And this is the thing. It's, it's all of the, all, the food industry is a fucking huge conspiracy because it's created all these different labels. So now we have vegetarian, pescatarian, meat eater, carnivore, fruitarian, vegan. They have all these different fucking labels. And then people that are lost generally try to find something that suits them. A label that suits them makes them feel like they can attach their identity to now. Right. I become this. I become a a vegan or I become a pescatarian. That's what like because we're all seeking a fucking label. Right. We're all seeking to, to be part. Yeah. So, but the problem with that is that you, we've got, we've come so far away from understanding what food really is that we don't even know anymore. Most right. people, they breakfast. If I say to someone, what's breakfast? Someone would say to me, well, uh, muffin, uh, a sausage and egg muffin or, uh, you know, cereal or, you know, jam on toast. No, it's not. Yeah. breakfast lunch and dinner they are fucking they are words that we have assigned food items to and that's what we now think our body right. needs so breakfast right. has become glass and milk and the fucking thing of cheerios no what you need is food so to me some days i will have when i can have it cooked for me at the restaurant i'll have like what was a recent breakfast i had so i had um sauteed potatoes broccoli caramelized onions and some peppers i think it was uh with like a cashew pesto yeah and um, that isn't your tip that, <laughs> to be honest that look that doesn't look like a breakfast but it doesn't need to because guess what breakfast is conspiracy too it's all a fucking conspiracy 
So what all of this stuff is done, I mean, if you think about the information we have about food, right, we have all this information, you can go online and you can you can search pretty much anything nowadays, it should be easy to eat for health, it should be easy to make good food choices, it should be easy to follow a diet, it should be easy to understand nutrition, it should be easy to show your kids how to eat, but it's not. Why is it I not? Have, they, haven't, they haven't made it easy for us. No, because it's yeah, because it's all part of the fucking conspiracy. I mean, bro, yeah. think let's let's talk about this for a second. So I, like you, and like most other people out there, as a child, was completely unaware that the animal cartoon that I loved and fell in love with on television was also the food on my plate. There was a massive disconnect. I didn't know that wasn't yeah. an accident. It's not an accident. Yeah. That's exactly oh, how they want you to grow up. That's how I grew up, Ghostbusters and uh, fucking Ninja Turtles. That's interesting. And I would watch movies and I would replicate what they're eating in the movies too because I thought it was cool watching. That's right. interesting. I thought about that. Yeah, I mean, I believe that movies are made to program people, um, yep. society. I, that's not a mistake, but I, I didn't think about that. You're absolutely right. So there's dissonance involved and, and oh. questioning nothing because – because if yeah. the pig on, if Peppa Pig on television, my daughter will watch Peppa Pig. She loved Peppa Pig, right? We put it on, but then she'll eat a bacon sandwich. Right. Well, there's a problem. There's a problem, yeah. but it's not a problem, yeah. is it? Because society hasn't said it's a problem because that's normal. And apparently me being vegan is, is, is a problem. Being vegan is right. weird, but chopping up an animal that doesn't want to die yeah. and fucking feeding right. it to your child is, is, is not weird. Is that not when we know that it's, you know, X, Y, Z is harmful. Then we look at the cows on the field. We look at the cows grazing on the field. They're free, right? Because they're on the field. No, that's, they're just outside waiting on yeah. death row, aren't they? You're grass fed. Right. I mean, still free roaming, organic, all these words, all these things, but it's just a fucking conspiracy. Yeah, 100%. Dude, I think uh, I didn't realize pieces together. Yeah, I was like, I wonder where he's going to go with Conspiracy Kitchen, but that's like, that's gangster as fuck. And I've been watching some of the guys that you guys, some of the things that you guys have been putting out of your kitchen over the last few months. And then I heard about you. I saw you put in the work uh, on your IG story for the last couple of weeks, talk about something big coming and then the release now of this menu. And I'm like, I don't know what you guys got in store, but I know without a doubt that it's going to be, I, it's going to be top, top. It's going to be the top of the top of that whole industry. Dude, no one else is doing this in this, in the risk. I seem to love doing things like that. Like fit story was one of those things that no one really, there's no one had done that before, but I was like, I'm going to take a fucking chance. I'm going to try. I'm going to fucking do it. But you can go deeper. You can, you can, you can, you know, I say about the illusion of cows grazing on a field, they're free, right? No, they're on death row. They're just outside. They're just prisoners, but outside. And it's to build the illusion that they're free. When we see them on the fields, we say to ourselves, well, that cow's free because it's on the field. The reality is it's going to the slaughterhouse. It's going to be bolt gunned in the head. It's going to be carved up for steak. Then we've got things like um, trading standards. I don't know if you've got the same thing over there, but trading standards are a body that govern um, sorry, I shouldn't say govern. They are all about transparency, it's giving the consumer the right information about what the, se- the shop is selling or that this is selling. Well, if you think about trading standards, if they held themselves to a high standard and they and it was they weren't part of the conspiracy too, what you'd see on the front of a packet of chicken that you buy from the supermarket wouldn't be the words free range, organic, free roaming, and you wouldn't see this beautiful you know, sanitized breast of chicken, what you would see on the front of that label is 
tons of chickens hanging upside down by their feet, going through metal slicers, slicing their necks off until they bleed out. Because that is transparency in the same way that years ago they did the same thing with smoking. On the front of cigarette packets, they fucking they used to smoking used to be apparently good for us. The doctors right. would tell you it too. And then it's, they started um, to show you the images. Right. You know, I mean, I, I don't know, but I haven't smoked for years. Uh, they don't in America, but I know a lot of countries they put now they they put the the pictures of people's throats and shit on the packages. But the addiction it. is so deep now that I mean that doesn't deter fucking anybody really. You know, in the in Right. That's just the point, right? That they they have to show that now because they have to operate at a certain standard. So why are they not doing the same with food? Why are they not showing us on the front of the packets of food? Why are they not showing us this for? I mean, America we call it the FDA, the Food and Drug Administration. It's the exact same thing, but it's such a crock of shit because our food is literally full of poison. I mean, literally full of fucking poison. Yet the FDA got it tests everything, but it outlaws things like. CBD oil or fucking, you know, uh, on, on YouTube, you can get taken down for telling people that vitamin D and fucking getting outside the nature uh, will help them heal. Like it, the, the, the trade trading standards, the FDA, these people that run again, not to get back into conspiracies, but it's like people don't, I, I understand people are not waking up to this, but that's the whole it's entire thing. Like, yeah. It's that's the hue that you're right. I mean, that the food is the number one conspiracy and that's, that's the, and it's like, because it affects how we hormonally react, how we're triggered, fear, uh, how our body responds. Do we need to go get this and that? And I know that we could talk for hours on this too, but then epigenetics, which is do we can, can our thoughts and emotions really influence our physical cells? And I guess they can. And so it's the whole mm -hmm. thing together. You're right. From the way it makes us think, feel, and then show up physically, the whole entire thing is fucking rigged against people. That's why 100%. I mean, like, I don't care if people eat meat or vegan, but I want people to eat real food whatever 100%. that is that's separate yeah. of this of the big machine because the big machine is trying to fucking kill you well they're trying to keep you sick they're trying to keep you alive as long as they can but as sick as possible so they can make as much money off you as possible a hundred percent bro and, and you know it's that the stuff that i've just talked about the cows grazing in the field you've got uh, sustainable fishing is a word they throw around but there's nothing sustainable about a trillion marine animals getting fucking swiped up and killed every single year so yeah so a trillion so we start to look at all these things we still look at trade and standards but none of this stuff is really common knowledge it's all hidden and it's down to fuck it. if you want to be informed about it guess what you have to fucking look at these rogue journalists and vegan people that go about and these vegetarian like whoever it is that are out there trying to expose the information and show it but it should be shown and this is what i'm saying like to, to us with conspiracy kitchen we just want to show people that everything that we see on the surface about food, because food is the number one. We say it, food is what will fucking keep you alive. It will keep you, uh, it, will, it will increase your longevity if you do it right. It will, it will make you more energized if you do it right. It will do all these things, but it will fucking send you down a narrow path to nowhereville if you do it wrong. And the problem is, is you don't know you're doing it wrong. You don't yeah. know that when, when you go into the exactly so this isn't i love that saying bro because this is not it's it isn't what we know about food it's what we don't right it's not what we know about food it's what we don't and and yeah. conspiracy kitchen is about exposing the truth and when i say the truth i mean showing people that you can have delicious amazing nutrient-packed dishes that don't contain and the animal thing is a big thing for me really it has become over the last year for sure i never used to really give shit but that's because i was i was stuck in the conspiracy right 
Exactly. Well, I was stuck in the conspiracy. I, I, I thought that eating meat was absolutely uh, fine to do it. And I would, you know, buy, have my steak and egg every day. And I did that because I was a bodybuilder and I needed to hit protein targets. What the fuck are protein targets? I mean, come on. Look at all the these things. <laughs> fucking... The amount of food that they tell us that we need to eat. Like, for example, I, I basically eat one meal a day. You know what I mean? Like I don't take in nearly the grams of protein I used to take in. I don't take in nearly the calories you take in. Yet I'm in the best shape that I've ever been in. I feel the best I've ever been. It's like the whole thing from the fucking what to eat to how much you eat. It's all bullshit. It's all fucking bullshit. Yeah. And this, this, isn't, it, isn't it so crazy though how, you know, like – what what we really want to do here is we want to try and get people out of that uh, and we want to try and get because i don't give a fuck if you eat me i really don't like like i said do you boo boo and i'm not talking to you marshall i'm saying no, it no, in yeah, general no, yeah, no, to the yeah. people out there i don't yeah. care like i don't care if you want to wear a mask put two on if it makes you feel safe i don't yeah. give a fuck Just don't tell yeah. me to do it so right. you've got all these things that we're wrapped up in all these conspiracies that we're wrapped up in and it really has pulled us further and further away from the from the truth. And the truth is, is that food is fuel. Food is going to keep you alive. And the whole time, and not just alive, I mean thriving. Food can do that, can energize you. It can give you energy, do all these amazing things. So it can do that. And then you can fulfill your life's vision or your purpose. But you can't. Here's the thing. This guy came to our restaurant earlier on. He's an investor. He does a bit of stuff on housing and whatever. And... um. So he comes in and I'm talking to him about it. And I'm like, he says, yeah, I got, you know, I got, he's got loads of money. He's banked up, but he's like, yeah, I don't eat the best. You know, I'm at McDonald's maybe three, four times a week. And, you know, when I'm at home, I just look for the quickest thing. Cause I just want to get back on the hustle. And I said, okay, bro. I said, I appreciate that. I appreciate where you are on your journey. I said, but how, how much longer do you think right. that you're going to be able to make all that bank and do all that hustling? If you continue to feed your body, what it doesn't need. And he just was like, well, I've heard people say about that stuff before, but now you say it, I mean, yeah, because if I'm sick, I'm not going to be able to be like, this is what we're trying to say. Like meat isn't the worst thing that you could eat. It's not the best thing either. Depends what it is, how much you eat, when you eat it, blah, blah, blah. There's so many different things to it. It's not right. a black and white, is it? But at the same time, you know, if you're consuming McDonald's three, four times a week, bro, you're going to be ch shaving some time off your life. If you're eating yeah. fucking processed f fake meats because you're a vegan and you think that you're doing the planet adjust because you're eating fake meat no you're not the plantations for processing whether it's soy or it's meat is still bad for the planet you're doing yourself and you, you're not doing yourself any favors but if we can try and just show people that real food and when i say real food it comes at the bonus of not killing or slaughtering any animals which is great like we said but ultimately this is about you as an individual because if we can feed people real food and we can re-educate them in a way that says hey doesn't matter if you're this or that or the other remove that label from your life because right now it's holding you back from actually yeah. knowing the truth and the truth is is that your body matters because if your body doesn't matter and you're just going to feed it shit you ain't going to be able to do anything else for very long dude and i always tell people that i'm like imagine going to space like if you and i were in space right now and then some reason i just had a fucking pair of scissors and i was swimming out in space how your face super open my mic's off can you hear me volume can you hear can me? i hear you yeah can you hear me now? Huh? Yeah, yeah. 
don't know. One second. <laughs> no, can you hear me now? Nothing we still? We broke the stream yard. One second. Okay, maybe. Maybe not. Can you hear me? Still can't hear you. Ah, uh, well. Oh, bro. This is terrible. What has it done? Uh, one there. Audio. Audio. This one is, is saying that we're good on my end. Huh. Okay, Can you hear me? Let's have a go. Okay. Still nothing. We've got nothing. Hey, what's going on, guys? I don't know if you can hear me. Uh, I think I just uh, we just lost our audio, and uh, that might be the end of this episode. Give me one second. I'm not sure if you guys can hear me yet. Uh, it looks like you guys still can. Uh, let's see here. Click back in. I'm gonna try to get. I'm gonna try to get Matt back on real quick uh, to finish this conversation. We'll see. But uh, if not, you guys, oh, here he is. Let's try again. Can you hear me? I still can't hear you. I still can't hear you. All right, guys. That's it. Uh, we're calling this one on the count of rain. We broke uh, StreamYard. <laughs> Fuck. Okay, cool. Can you hear me? You can hear me. Yes. Okay, cool. Anyway, now seeing as we definitely, we broke StreamYard, StreamYard has just given up on us. I swear we ain't had much luck with technology today at all. Um, but Marshall, brother, I've enjoyed this conversation. We need to do this again. Um, maybe we just make this like a bi-weekly thing where we just talk shit and, and see what the new developments are in our journeys. Because we're both at this place where... We, where we've done the whole online business thing. We both, we've both been the coaches. We've both had the answers for everyone. Uh, but we've also both been the, the person who's, tr who's really tried to seek inner healing as well and find ourselves in amongst all of that madness. So I think that what would be really fucking cool is, is maybe that we do do something like that, maybe on a bi-weekly or whatever, because, uh, or, or just something else on its own. Because I think that there's so much power in people being able to be vulnerable and be able to open up and have just honest dialogue like what we haven't tried to be anything we're not on this podcast episode we haven't we haven't tried to make any stories up that make us sound cool or do anything like we ain't trying to sell anybody any shit we're just we, we're at a point in our lives and in our journeys where we are being the most authentic that we possibly can. We're not showing up as if to be someone we're not or to do something or to, for an agenda that is that is that brings us money or whatever it is. And I think there's power in that because every other fucking person out there with a podcast or with a bit of social media influence is trying to do that. So I think that would be really cool. Um, but brother, because the volume is, is done us a, <laughs> it's done us in, um, I want to plug my podcast. Can I plug my podcast? 
Fit Story TV. All you gotta do is head to uh, Fit. Just t- literally type in Fit Story on Apple or Anchor. You will find it. Uh, what we do on there is Marshall's actually been on. Uh, Marshall's episode, I think, was episode twelve. I'm not one hundred percent sure, but Marshall came on as well, and uh, we just got into it. Um, shared some really powerful insights and, and had a great conversation. So, yo, if you can come find me on Instagram as well, official underscore burbs. I'd love to fucking connect with some of you guys and brother. Yeah, maybe we've got to uh, make this thing a, a thing. Perfect. Oh, Thank your you volume's so back. Oh, am I here? You're back. Bro, that was the weirdest <laughs> thing. I have no idea what's going on here, but uh, dude, I just wanted to say real quick, since we have some volume left, first off, this is why I love creating content with other people that know what the fuck's going on because you just ran with it and it didn't even miss a beat, which is amazing. Um, there's a few mm. things I want to say real quick though, before we hop off. One is um, whether we come back and you do a part two, or even if we did something bi-weekly or whatever, that would be fun. Like a little, like something together. I, um, it's interesting because this is what I wanted to finish the show with uh, anyways is I'm gonna, I want to be very transparent um, uh, to my audience uh, and to you uh, just as, my, as, a, as a friend uh, of how disgusting uh, I've been in the past. And it's interesting because I had a very, uh, I had a massive shift uh, earlier this year. I was probably right around March or April um, when I realized I had reached a time in my life when I was not happy with the type of man that I was. And, and what I'm saying is talking to you now, and this is something I've known for a while, I'm like, Bro, if we lived in the same place, you would be like one of my best friends. I'd be like fucking hanging out with you, be running and jamming together because we're just so fucking similar. But the thing that's so disgusting that I, I literally have not been able to let go of since the day it happened was, and I'll never, I won't even, I'll never forget where I was at. I was at the YMCA. I was just finishing up a, a work, a swimming workout, and I had gotten back and I had just been getting so inundated by everybody that wants to, uh, something from Marshall. I want you to be on my podcast. I want you to do this, do that, spit all these things that I got to this point where I was like, so I couldn't take anymore. And I remember I had the most disgusting exchange with you. You asked as a friend just to get on a call with me. And I was like, I can't just be hopping on calls with people. Fucking that's like my integrity. And like, I sent that message and I, and I thought, and so to give a little bit of context to the, the listeners, I remember uh, them. I remember the message. Yeah. It was, it was some, some disgusting shitty thing. And it was like, I was so hurt and not that that makes it okay, but Matt had reached out to me after we'd known each other now for probably about two years. I've been on his podcast. He'd been on mine. And as a friend in April, he just was like, yo, how you doing? Let's connect. And I, I, I sent him back a shitty message. That was my wounded ego being like, who do you think I am just to give up my time? Like I sell my time. I'm a coach. Like people pay me for that. I can't just give it willy nilly with that. That's against integrity. But the thing that was, is like, I just want to tell you, dude, like, I'm sorry, man. Like I, I am supremely embarrassed. Um, I, I was doing the best that I could, which doesn't make an excuse, but I've been, I've been trying to get on your ass to get back on a podcast with me because I want, and I should just apologize to you and in, in privately, but I just, Bro, you don't I need want to apologize, to, man. I fucking love well, you, dude. It's- I, I love you, dude. And I'm just like, I'm sorry for that. And it was that moment that was shift occurred to me. That's how this whole thing started with not wanting to coach anymore. I'm like, that's gross. I'm like, because if I, and I knew in that moment, I was like, if I was where Matt lived, we would probably hang out pretty regularly. Like we, we would probably be fucking 100%. scheming and stuff together. And so I just want to thank you, dude, for like, you know, not, not freaking out on me and, and continue to show up and be my friend and support me, dude. Like truly it says a whole lot about you as a human being. 
and uh, I feel very blessed. So I'm glad I got the sound back to at least tell you that I'm sorry, man. But uh, that got was a lot gross. Of time for you, brother. And, uh, huh? Got a lot of time for you, man. And and I think yeah. it's important you mention that because there's a lot of fucking people, and there's probably a lot of people that will listen to this that might be in that same place, man. And um, you know, like I, I guess as a coach, this is the thing that's what disgusts me about the coaching space a lot is you know people build out this perceived version of themselves online and. You know, inside, none of us really know what they're actually experiencing or yeah. going through, what shifts they're going through. And, you know, even I've done it where, you know, people have reached out, not in the same context, but where, you know, people have kind of asked me, asked me to chat or whatever. And, uh, and you know, I might come across like they're trying to get time out of me on a call. And, and I've, you know, I've had the same experiences where I've been like, ah, is this person just trying to fucking get on a call so they can pick my brains when my time isn't free? And it's like, right. what the fuck is wrong with that? Like, I get it. You have to, yeah. there, there has to be, especially if you're building a business, you yeah. want to be careful with your yeah. time. You want to, you want to be careful where you apply your focus and who you give your time to. I get that. But when, when, when I think that there is a very thin line and I've been there, you've definitely been there. And maybe there's some people that are listening to this that are there now that might've just done the same thing to someone. And hopefully you, you can take it from us and our experience that, yeah. There is sure. there like what you're wrapped up in 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 your mind is is fucking you're so far gone at that point really yeah. because you know especially in the context of we've known each other for so long you know we've known yeah. each other a couple of years and that's, and that's what's I think, really important it doesn't even matter like the business doesn't matter I mean I have a friend I have a friend like you and that's the context that was lost to so become this this validation of acceptance and love that we need because of the brokenness inside of us. So we, we, we create these images, these identities online, and I feel like I have to be like that. But it, the, the unalignment within me caused me to react like that. And I, I just remember that day. I'll never forget that day, dude, because, again, it was just the first time that made it so real and tangible. Like, what really fucking matters in life? Like, yeah, it is <laughs> And it is tough when you run this business. But it's like, this motherfucker has done all the same things I've been doing. He shows up every fucking day building his own brand. So he wants to know how you did something that's going to help him it's not like he's just some fucking free like i i just even <laughs> I, know. I, I know i bro it's all good man you can stuff the yeah. stories in a sack because we are we still jam man and you know i got your back mate uh one day hopefully we do get to connect in person too i mean that's something that, that I, would I be think dope. we would have that yeah, hundred percent. I want to come over there because I've never been there. Um, have hey, you, been you know, we no, I haven't. But we there. So basically, quick, quick one because I know we we probably both want to get off at some point. Um, but there's uh, my business partner. He's his. It's like a second dad to him. He's got this beautiful, amazing uh, villa out in uh, the 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 mountains in um in uh God, why have I forgotten? Oh, Valencia, right? Okay. And it's the most, yeah, the most gorgeous place ever. All self-sustained up there. He's got a couple of goats. He's got a well for some water, fresh water source. All is beautiful up there, man. 15 oh. gravel bikes as well. So you can go out on the bikes and all up in the Rockies. It's amazing. And uh, we, we've been talking about this all year since me and Jim connected. We want to do an event out there we want to get out there at some point and host an event and that may be where we do connect bro i mean right now it's just it's just 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 yeah. back and forth conversation maybe but at some point maybe we should lay down what that might look Dude. like and see if we can put something together that would be amazing that's why i moved here to montana is to one to to uh, have self-sustaining land but because i want to build a retreat center of it because i want people to come out and, and experience what it's like to uh to to be connected to the land 
to live a certain way, to do these things that we do. And so, yeah, dude, like I'm about it. Like, and that's in the future, but that could easily be a way to connect. And maybe, I mean, again, who knows, but maybe it even ends up sometime down the road being like a brother, sister kind of thing. Um, obviously, we can make all these projections we want, but we might end up with a needle in our ass if people keep fucking bowing down to this nonsense that's going on in the world. Me, people got to stand up. They're trying to fucking say in America right now that um, that uh, they're going to make us. So we're going to have to pay a $200 levy for, for every gun that we own and then a $200 uh, uh, basically levy too for each each magazine, uh, each magazine you own for every gun that you have. And so it's like, dude, I'm telling you, man, if they come if they come with a vaccine or they come knock on the door and take our guns, it's going to be rough in America, dude. I, there's a lot of veterans here. A lot of people are trained, so it'll be interesting. But um, dude, if you guys haven't yet, uh, Matt's a podcast. It's amazing. He used to do it with a partner uh, named Perry. Uh, they have old episodes. They've got brand new episodes. But I'm telling you, if you like stories that are real, that are raw, that are vulnerable, that are actually going to fucking teach you something, go to any podcast platform, Anchor, um, Apple, but search in Fit Story Podcast. If you guys are watching this on video or in the podcast right now, uh, I put the link below to his uh, his podcast. Um, dude, we could go forever. This is the longest I've gone without peeing. Uh, it, probably in a real long time. <laughs> I'm shaking my leg. Uh, so we'll we'll have to call this one on the count of peeing. But um, dude, I just, again, I, I thank you so much. Uh, whether we start something on our own or not, but I definitely will have you back on. I feel like you're going to be one of these repeat guests like uh, like on the Joe Rogan show or something. But um, Bro, yeah, man, I appreciate down, you man. coming in. Guys, go follow Matt uh, right now. You guys see his Instagram, official underscore burbs. And then go subscribe to Fit Story uh, if you like his storytelling because it's fucking phenomenal. Dude, thank you so much, man. I appreciate it. Appreciate brother. you, homie. You too, man. We'll catch up soon. Peace. Later.